Hey everybody and welcome to episode 472 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Cody Starkin Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash lasertime and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining us now? Mm, I'll never get the CGI surgery, Chris Antista. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, evil deadhead, Matthew Allen. And special guest, Jeremy from Film Heat. Film Heat! Film Heat. Uh, what is Film Heat, and where can people hear more of you? Film Heat is a movie bracket podcast. We take a big load of movies along a certain thread, commonality, and we punch them into a movie bracket, and we debate them head-to-head until we find the very best one of the night. And it's a lot of fun. We do it live yeah, every single week, so we invite chat to come out and cast their votes and uh, calculate it and find the very, very best. I'm sure that always results in apples to apples comparisons. You never have kind of two odd odd pairings there on that podcast, right, Jeremy? Well, here, here's the thing: <laughs> Film Heat's kind of. I've been watching Jeremy. Jeremy is my sick of Star Wars co-host. If you're a member of the Patreon, mm. uh, remember that? Yeah, <laughs> keep meaning to get back to it. Uh, but but uh, you're just starting out, Film Heat. So like, yeah, you, the, the categories you're choosing. But as you keep going forward, your subcategories <laughs> are going to get wildly crazy and specific. <laughs> Oh, definitely. And, and I don't know what inspired it. Is the latest one going to be Johnny Depp movies? It is Johnny Depp movies. It's absolutely oh, how inspired by the uh, the Zeitgeist, as, yeah. as I'm sure you've heard. I, I finally muted the Zeitgeist. It's like, no, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm muting Johnny Depp. I'm muting Amber Heard until I turn this off. I don't want to see this shit anymore. Yeah. And yeah. the, the answer, I, I don't know what to pick the best one, but Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood. Is, the two Ed movies are the best Johnny Depp movies. Which would take yeah. a dump in your bed? Which which is more likely to take a dump in your bed? <laughs> well, not that's, Edward that's, Scissorhands, because if you've read the novelization, you know he doesn't have an asshole. Yeah, there's oh, no, no pooper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Edward totally would essential. take a dump in your bed. 100%. I, said, I said that with authority. I've never read the Ed, with not, Edward. Never mind. Um, I feel like Michael, Michael didn't laugh. He just said, wow, like he believed me. So I just wanted to put misinformation out there. Because we were looking in the old games this week, um, thanks to a movie I'm looking forward to, Chippendale's Rescue yeah. Rangers. So we, we kind of have this week sandwiched between the release of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which of course has a classic game that everybody remembers who was alive in the late 80s and playing NES games. And, and toward the beginning of the week, we had a new trailer for Multiverses, which I can't decide, was this really good or was it really cynical? I mean, not really good. I, I would say like, it's it's okay. It's, good and cynical. Yeah, it's, it's good. good. It, had, it had some good bits. It would have been sure. a fun reveal trailer, but we all knew Warner Brothers was making this. And I guess whatever mood I was in, I sent it to you guys like, I should be excited, but all I can see is 50 years of corporate acquisitions. Yes. Tom and Jerry was MGM. Then Warner Brothers bought DC and Turner got Cartoon Network and fucking Shaggy and like, and then Iron Giant, who Warner Brothers hated! Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're fucking, they but killed that movie. Keeps and now he's inserting in, into things. He's been in three movies in yeah. the last, like, three, three four years. Yeah. <laughs> Ready Player One, Space Jam 2, and, multiverse, and Multiverses. And they tried to bury that movie. You fucking assholes. You don't I, deserve the Iron I, Giant. I hate that, like, I thought Ready Player One seemed like a cool idea. 
until I saw that movie, and it was just basically <laughs> Warner Brothers saying, like, we own all this shit, let's make our own Ready Player One universe that's full of Warner properties, and now it's like, yeah, and then, then you did it for Space Jam, it's like, it's not cool anymore, now it's it's just cynical and annoying, it do, and it, it does I don't want to see it, this. Maybe, if it, and also... <laughs> I am not a weapon. Mm-hmm. Unless I get an invitation to a fighting game! Right, but right. he is Superman, <laughs> so... It, it is the corporate equivalent of billionaires trying to go to space right now. It, mm. It's the dick measuring contest between the corporations. Who owns the most shit? The weirdest thing about that trailer to me, though, well, there's two things. Number one, that it's not just a mobile game. Uh, number two is like they're advertising for a, a public alpha test. And I'm like... Wow. I feel like that's, never that's not the kind of thing you, you go out there publicly with, yeah, like an alpha test when you've shown all that amazing IP, you know? Well, I know, I'm sure they want, you know, a variety of multiplayer feedback for it, but uh, that is and a little unusual. That made us think of great games based on kids' TV shows. Yes. And, and, um... Made you it, think of it. Credit where it's due. I did? Yeah, you did. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, just because, like, in the in the past, I think, I remember us talking on our old podcast about how, like, man, they Japan really put their A-game on making games based on kids' shows back in the 80s and 90s, and, like, no, it's actually more of a lesson of power. Like, video game companies had no power or clout and could be easily swayed. Nintendo made a game based on a TV mascot that became Super Mario 2. Like, that would never happen today. You would never get Nintendo making a promotional game for another company. Why would I fork over 70% of the profits to your IP when I can make my own shit? That's sort of why this stuff disappeared. Um, A-level developers kind of abandoned kids' TV show stuff. And, And so did Cartoon Network has had with the exception of one property the last 10 years, most of it's been relegated to its mobile and its own website. If you've not been to like a Nickelodeon Cartoon Network website, A, you don't have kids and you're our age. Uh, and, <laughs> but like that, a ton of games live there. Good games too. And and that's where they want kids playing games and, and freemium mobile models. But occasionally stuff s- slips through and we kind of grew up in the heyday of it didn't even fe- it didn't feel like a marketing blitz, but like I love this thing so much. The only thing that would make it better is a great game. And then every few months, someone said, "Here you go. Here is a great game based on this thing you're currently loving." Like I, I hope kids still have some kind of equivalent uh, to that, and I'm sure they do. I just don't necessarily know what that is. I mean, the Cartoon Network games come out still, and, and well, all the time. Are, yeah, and, and, they're and there. I mean, but, like, uh, I only played the Cartoon Network games that come to consoles, and they are, like, crazy bare-bones and, like, glorified mobile games for the most part, because mm-hmm. there's been some good Steven Universe stuff, but it's, I th- like... I think that's where... That's the key, though. It's the mobile. Like, a lot of this stuff is just going to mobile, because, frankly, that's where a lot of little kids yeah. are playing. Like, well, that, that's that's their first I system. M- I remember when the GBA came out, like, seeing Rocket Power and, like, oh, this is where all the licensed kid show <laughs> stuff is going. Like, yeah. it's too expensive to make for consoles now, so... And then there's yeah. other reasons in that, like, um, a lot of the... Some of the stuff we'll talk about had... What would you call those? I've, I, maybe Matt would know. Style guides or, like... Yeah. Before Brand a show Bibles, comes out, guide. like, uh, <laughs> some of the stuff was based on existing properties, and you'd get this Bible of all these characters. And the Japanese yep. developers don't know anything about the show because it's not been made yet. But here is a Bible of what everybody looks like and who they are and how they yep. fight. 
And there's not a lot of talking in most of these games, so like voice acting wasn't a thing either. That and, that's why you Yes, that's why you create those. Is so that people who don't know much about the franchise or whatever can base stuff on it, but that's also why in some of those games you see uh, they have to kind of fill in the blanks and give them some powers that yes. you maybe wouldn't, <laughs> that character normally wouldn't have. You know? right, we did, we're not going to mention The Simpsons, because it's not really a kid's yeah. TV show, but that, that game is made within, like, I would say hours after The Simpsons show became a phenomenal right. success. And some of the characters in that game are people who are on screen for, like, 40 seconds in a single episode. Mm-hmm. including never the, the, again and never again the bar boss in particular the entire boss he is just sitting in the background of one scene in the simpsons that's all they had to go on i'm surprised he was from the show at all yeah yeah i, it t- I, I took us a while to find him <laughs> he's in the first season Damn. uh yeah so so some ground rules i guess these all have to be we're, we're kind of going with a saturday morning theme so it has to be like a tv show so no looney tunes because those were all theatrical shorts that got collected and put on TV. That's how most right. of us discovered them. So we think of them as TV animation. They're not. Digging into this, like, I found out there are so, so many games based on children's animation. I do not have anywhere near enough time to dig into all of what I'm sure are the best ones. So I just went with, like, here are five that we know and like and can talk about well, I, in I, an entertaining way. I was reminded, you know, back when, like, emulation started, I did play almost every game. I had the time. Mm-hmm. I had I had the PC. Uh, I can say with some authority, there are not that many great games based on kids' TV shows, and there weren't even back then, necessarily. There's just way more than there are now. Mm. And, and, and certain companies kept getting these licenses, and of course they're going to make continue making the get best game, because that's their fucking pedigree. Uh, but that 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 sort of evaporated into like the PS2 era. But we, I got to have the longest conversation we've ever had over chat about the Blues Brothers video game <laughs> franchise and I, how I it, really want someone to explain that to me. Why was this made into not just a platform game but a series of games for the NES, Super Nintendo, and N64, N64 up to the N64, and that was that company Titus. Yeah, had a little fox on his logo. Looked like Super Lucky Tails guy, but they, they dude, the Blues. I, I remember I'd go to people's like Boomers' homes and they'd have like Blues Brothers collections, and they'd kind of just have these games because like I love the Blues Brothers, man. Like this game is total dog shit, <laughs> it, and I played a bunch of them because I, I I I love the Blues Brothers. Sorry, it's like the most uncool thing I'm gonna say this episode. God, I love that for that movie is amazing. No apologies. Oh, the movie's amazing. Yeah. 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 Were they so, not an SNL creation, Blues they, Brothers? They kind of were, yeah. And I, I saw their first appearance on SNL recently, and I'm like, holy shit, I forgot Dan Aykroyd can fucking dance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh, really good. One of the best LTC conversations we ever had uh, was just like, how? What was funny about the fucking Blues Brothers? Like, on SNL, because it's just like, and I'm like, I think it may have just been the novelty of two white guys singing blues. Because that wasn't on TV at that point, and SNL was still a variety show. The musical acts got three breaks. They'd have interstitial comedians, like stand-ups come in. Andy Kaufman would do stuff. It was very much like the Ed Sullivan show. So, so like, I, I've seen clips of it now. I'm like, I couldn't sit still. I skipped musical guest on SNL that I like. How could I watch Dan Aykroyd blowing a fucking harmonica 
<laughs> five and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. It also, yeah, that they did give us the House of Blues. That would not have existed without the Blues Brothers being a thing because Dan Aykroyd owned a stake in it. You know, that was his yeah, I, I, I think SNL didn't, and I've never been very clear on how that is. But I, I believe the, I the lore is that they would, John and John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd would do that to, in lieu of a, sometimes you have a warm-up comedian to open your show to get the audience prepped for what's going on. They sure. would do Blues yeah. Brothers stuff. And then it made it into a B sketch, and then it made it. And Dan Aykroyd owned a blues club. What am I talking about? I don't. Why know. did you make me do this? <laughs> oh my god! They've never been funny. They've, they've never like I've never watched the Blues Brother movie and been like, this is a hilarious yeah. comedy. It's it's more just an energy thing. It's it's almost like an action movie, it's an action, action musical. Yeah. Best Man, car chases ever. Children's cartoons, please. What about Let's stay on top? Children's cartoons, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Look, uh, if networks yeah. can't even be bothered to have Saturday morning cartoon block, we can't be bothered to talk well, do about cartoons. Do they still do that? that, that was no, they do not. Tradition. For year, several years going now. Going back to the days on. of radio, you had programming for children on Saturday mornings because that's when they're listening. That, that's when the adults are hungover. I'm mm-hmm. not kidding. That's like yeah. part of the reason. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And and then we did that. We did that laser time about how Saturday morning died, and the biggest reason: cable, Nickelodeon. Uh, yeah. Even Cartoon before Network. streaming and home video, and the other, the uh, one of the factors I thought was hilarious and s- sad was divorces. That Saturday was the day for the kids to chill out while the adults. I'm going to sleep in. Once you start switching custody, uh, meet me at this McDonald's and make sure to bring his backpack. Saturday mornings, kids lost Saturday mornings mm. <laughs> in the mid 2000s. <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, k- kids' days are just sort of overly scheduled now, yeah. anyways, as well. It's kind of like, yeah, there's very little free time for a lot of kids. Got to keep them from riding bikes and eating firecrackers. <laughs> we used to do. Or riding firecrackers and eating bikes. Yeah. Even worse. <laughs> Skateboarding down to the abortion clinics. Oh. Vile. <laughs> Digging through the dumpsters. Uh, anyway, we should get started on this top five, which we'll do right after this. everybody it's me the raccoon that used to live under chris's porch until chris came to me and said we're moving in a new direction and that direction is east far away from you and your piles of rat skulls and terrible songs some of you may not remember me i used to be video game apocalypse's mascot years and years ago and while it's been a long time since i've been active the hosts came to me and said hey we figure a few minutes from you would be more entertaining than dead air this week so can you maybe do a little shtick and tell people more about the show so yeah here i am to tell you all how to support this group of ingrates that think they can just kick me off the show ignore my endless texts for years and years and then bring me back on like nothing's happened. First and foremost, visit their stupid Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime, where you can sign up to pay actual money for stuff you won't find anywhere else, including shows from these guys going into depth about video games that they, a bunch of losers in their 40s, enjoy playing. Also, you can go onto your podcast app of choice and leave a review. Five-star reviews only, please. You know the drill. Bad things will happen if it's less than that. I'll come to your house and stare at you. You won't see it because it'll be through the nearest window, but you'll know that I was there. Why? Because there will be remnants of something that you don't want to see piled, and you'll think it's a cat. You will think it's a cat. Cats do this, but it's me. It's me and my army of unseen raccoons. But what you can really do to help us is just tell a friend about the show. You've got a friend who likes video games and they're like, oh man, I wish they were good podcasts to listen to. Guess what, freak? Listen to Video Game Apocalypse. That's what you say. Insult them and end your friendship. As long as they hear about us, that's the important thing. Anyway, I'm being chased off with a broom, so see you never, kids. And we're back to talk about what? Best game Saturday morning cartoon game. Saturday morning film heat. Cartoon kid shows. Film yeah. heat on Twitch and wherever you get your podcasts. Games. 
Based on kids' cartoons. There you go. Just realized we missed our opportunity to, like, go to break with, like, a, we'll be back after these messages. We'll be right, <laughs> right, right, right back. back. And I, I'm going to, Jeremy, you're a little younger than us. Um, a little bit. I, it's, by little, I mean an entire decade. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm curious. 35. So I think right, I'm, okay. I'm, what, five years younger than you? Yeah. About that. I sure, appreciate, yeah. I really yeah, appreciate that. that. <laughs> well, he was addressing Chris there. So. <laughs> Chris is the baby of our group. I really appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I want to see what your reference is for these shows, because they did live much longer than a three-season show could live nowadays. Yeah. It'd just be buried in your fucking Netflix queue. Um, no, I definitely watched a lot of these shows, but... Uh, unfortunately, I was always a PC gamer from the very beginning. I had a, my first PC at, in 97, and my dad had a PC I was playing on his from my earliest memories. So I didn't get a lot of these games. Cause like, you, like you said, mm. most of them were on console. A lot so, of the And the Nintendo. ones that are on PC are fucking dog shit. Dude. They have the oh worst licensed games from kids' TV shows. Holy shit. Mm, Every was... single thing we're talking about has a utterly reprehensible PC port. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And most of the ones on PC were just ports of other games. Like, I'm looking, and there's just, like, a Mario reskinned with little sprites to represent, you know, one of these shows. Or Legend of Zelda reskinned to look like Goof Troop, literally. Wow. I mean, like, oh, that, okay. that sounds. I'd play that. <laughs> it looks <laughs> Goof actually Troop well. Wasn't yeah, that yeah. the Goof Troop yeah. game? It's like made by Shinji Mikami oh, and only on Super Zelda. Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. On Super Nintendo, that's right. Yeah. It is. It is weird to imagine like a PC gaming world where you guys didn't get the best versions of games. Like they they sometimes yeah. got the way worst versions. Yeah, of they games. got they got like point and click versions of games or terrible side scrolling versions of games. Now I do I'm a point and click adventure gamer. Mm. So I'm I was just eyeballing this today. I found um based on the Ace Ventura animated series from what? the nineties. <laughs> maybe what? you remember that. Yeah. Uh, it's called Ace Ventura C D ROM game. Oh, that great. is the title. Okay. Sure, and it's an Ace Ventura point and click game. I'm actually going to go back and play. It sounds kind of. It's probably on archive.org. Like, I'm trying. I know Michael gets pissed when I even say the name of something that'll be in our list, so I'm trying to avoid it. Mm. But uh, (laughs) I I know recently, I think I saw the Roger Rabbit creator post. the The Roger Rabbit NES game is an abomination, but it's at (laughs) least a game. And the but it has two PC versions that. It's the PC trick. This looks phenomenal. This looks just like the cartoon. That Roger Rabbit game, full price, it is 18 minutes. And it is just like a Dragon's Lair-esque. If you don't click and do everything at the same time, it's you can keep playing until you learn how to do it right. Once you do, yeah. it is like 10 minutes of gameplay. And it, but it is lavishly animated and gorgeous. All right. Well, we should get started on what's about to start. be, I'm sure, a disappointing list after that buildup with, with Roger Rabbit and stuff. <laughs> Uh, this is this is one of our most haphazard lists. Maybe we'll have a thing at the end saying like, hey, question of the week. What game did you like that we left off this list? But let's begin with... Number five. I say, old chap, would you mind pulling over so that I may pass? I may. Oh, no. Come on, come on. Make what your foot like. Hello there, Penelope, my dear. Okay, folks, let's go. We're in the lead. Oh, what game is this horrible cacophony? This is Wacky Races or Racers? Correct, Wacky Races. 
based on the popular <laughs> six well. like internationally popular 1968 Hanna-Barbera cartoon about racers that keep getting into races and <laughs> that allow always... Hanna, oh, Hanna-Barbera to recycle animation over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And, and I, I was, I hate to be a broken record because I just recorded it, but we rarely had this kind of synergy. 30, 2010, we look at the world 30, 20, 10 years ago, the Wacky Racers NES game came out 30 years ago this week. Oh, wow. And JR was like, what the fuck? Was this pot? I remember this being on all the time. I'm like, Mm, Hanna Barbera made 900 different one season shows about <laughs> yeah. these characters and other characters racing for a prize with yeah. Dick Dastardly and Muttley. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I, re- I re- seem to remember Dick Dastardly from Laugh Olympics. Laugh Olympics from uh, there's another racing, The Perils of Pit Stop Penelope. She's in ra- Wacky Races. That is a yeah. separate series. Hanna Barbera was nomadic yeah. and would make like one season, move on. And those things got recycled on Saturday mornings until, I would say, Jeremy's generation. Because I grew up I, re-watching. I grew up watching Wacky Races, for yeah. sure. I definitely remember. Mm-hmm. And I was I, I was telling uh, JR, I was walking through Walmart yesterday, and the Walmart toy aisle is, I want to do a documentary about it. It is half the toy aisle is stuff that me and Michael would buy. Collectors, yeah. It's all old Old stuff. He-Man, like retro He-Man and real Ghostbusters figures. And there was a 1960s Wacky Racers model kit with the same wow. box it had in the 60s. Because I think this is, un- you know, yay, here's a statue of Yogi Bear. Ooh, Dick Dastardly, ca- Dick Dastardly's, Dick Dastardly, Dick Dastardly's car. That's rad. I want one of those in my house. Because those cars look great. Yeah, they look they look pretty cool. And, you know, there was something very, like... It, it with Dick Dastardly's outfit. It's like this weird fusion of like old timey motorist plus sixties mod with like the big poofy striped yeah. hat. Uh, mm-hmm. But one interesting thing. So we're talking about the two thousand Wacky Races game. It came out on ah. PlayStation and Dreamcast and eventually PS two. And uh, and I think there might have been a PC version as well. I thought it came out on PS four as well. No, I don't think, think so. I was, I was looking up there. There has not does not appear to have been a remaster. At least not I'm thinking of cell find. damage. Ignore me. Yes, yes, cell damage. Oh, yeah, that similar that. game. But what impressed me about this was that they actually managed to get a couple of the original voice actors. So uh, Janet Waldo, who was also the voice of Judy Jetson, uh, reprises her role as Penelope Pitstop. Try some of these. It does wonders for my hair. And uh, John Stevenson played Luke. I don't have a clip of him, unfortunately. They had, like, top-notch voice talent. Jim Cummings, Billy West. Some some fairly big names if you know voiceover actors. And the actual game was pretty good. Like, the yeah. Dreamcast version, I think, scored relatively well. We've heard us exalt Jet Set Radio. It it was one of the few games, like, yeah, we're going to try the cell shading thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the first game that looks like the cartoon on which it's based. And doesn't totally hold up now but it was the closest thing yeah. we'd ever seen and, and if you look closely you can say okay this is an up ps1 game like the polygons are still kind of rough oh, around yeah. the edges they don't have to be very complicated but like hey this is the only game where you can play a bunch of like what one foot high gangsters in a in a car together <laughs> who, who, what, what was the remember? anthill mob exactly what was their deal <laughs> i don't i'm i'm literally looking at the wiki which shows the race results for every episode there's one board boomer out there <laughs> who, who has chronicled all of this 
Oh my god. Yeah. This and, is seven, and 17 we, episodes in the 60s equals a Dreamcast game in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Equals international popularity, I think mostly in Europe and Japan, where it's it's known as like Chiki Chiki Machine no Resu, uh, Chiki Chiki Racing Machines. <laughs> Which is a great title, but it, yeah, that there was that Wacky Races game for the NES that you mentioned where you're just playing as Muttley, and this is like a, a fairly standard platformer, but gets very Japanese very fast. Like, level two, you're fighting what I'm pretty sure is like a yokai. And I, I showed you a picture of it, Chris, and you're like, oh no, that's totally canon. That one-eyed skeleton man. I was kidding. I was kidding. In some other life, like Disney Afternoon games, I can tell you what these random enemies, they are from pretty specific episodes because they got that mm. Bible or outline. Um, yeah, but, yeah, clearly I, clearly did not happen here. But like, I, may, I, I could be incorrect, but but I think it was Yogi's Treasure Hunt, that was eventually a Hanna-Barbera all-star show and Dick Dastardly and Muttley were the enemy, but it was also mm-hmm. a racing show. But more than that, if you went to Universal Studios in the 90s, if you do you remember how that worked? Elroy was kidnapped? No. By by who? Dick Dastardly and Mudley. Yeah. And you 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 flew through you flew through the Bedrock and the Jetsons town whatever the fuck that's called and uh to try and get Elroy back. That's how big they were in terms of Hanna-Barbera characters. By the way, none of whom get to be in multiverses. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Shaggy yeah. counts. He's a Hanna-Barbera. That's character. true, that's true. He's the they're like the one people the one group that made it out. Yeah. Uh one thing I I I guess it makes sense, but I didn't realize it was like a hard and fast rule of the series that Dick Dastardly never won. Even when he technically won, he was disqualified. And like the one time that he would have won, he stopped because he didn't want to win playing fair. It was more important to cheat than to win. But he can win in uh, Wacky Races. If and It's ironic because they play him up on the box. Like the even the PS2 version is called... Wacky Races starring Dastardly and Muttley. See? Uh, fucking crazy. Yeah, and, yeah, and he, you, you have to work to unlock him. He's not available immediately. Wait, he does not have that status in the Hanna-Barbera <laughs> universe. Like, I mean, it's totally Dick Dastardly. Does. He sort of does. Like, in, in the 70s, did you see Laugh Olympics and Great Race, blah, blah, blah? But, like, there was all these ensemble, like, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo racing Barney and Fred. And Dick Dastardly would be the villain presiding over all that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, he is the leader of the island of Dickaragua, yeah, Dickaragua. as Michael pointed out. Well, you <laughs> Michael out did a deep is... dive into his wiki. Yeah, Richard Milhouse Dastardly. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's just Dicaragua. It's perfect. Yeah, like you can't improve on that. <laughs> also, I want I want all you people under thirty out there to Google a picture of Dick, Dick Dastardly. Imagine his posture better. Man, that dude looks like a fucking pimp. Like an unironic pimp. (laughs) (laughs) Huggy bear. So it is like anathema, the idea that Dick Dastardly would ever win. But this game allows you to do that. And the narrator is very surprised when it happens. The winner is car double zero, Dastardly and Motley. It's a dastardly and I do like that reading. Yeah. Like, like, wait a minute, this can't be right. No, what? <laughs> but it's usually how you start a trailer for a bad movie. What? The villain <laughs> won. The president is a duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God damn. I fucking hate 
Hanna-Barbera shit, but <laughs> love talking about it. So does everybody. But, you know, Wacky Races, this was actually a, a pretty decent adaptation, all things considered. Like, it, it was. They, they really went the extra mile to get, like, the, the look and the behavior and the sound of the characters in there. Uh, you know, every, every racer has, like, unique power-ups that you activate. Like, you, you run over these tokens, and it's like, oh, now I can do the thing where the anthill mobs' wheels move like their feet, and uh, you run really fast. Like you said, what is their deal? I don't know. <laughs> They're tiny mobsters. They talk I like Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> and I, I did, I did uh, sure. several years ago when we started doing Laser right, Time. I rubbed, so whatever. <laughs> full-time, I, I, I played, like, 30 kart racers in a week. And this may fit in there, but it, like, it's kind of a vehicular combat game. Hmm. Okay. It still has tracks. Yeah. You're still racing. Yeah, right. it's, it's kart racing. It's kart okay, racing. so I know, Chris, you don't like Hanna-Barbera. I do, I but do, But you do have to give them credit for predicting the video game mascot kart phenomenon. Like, they yeah. went to kart racing before yeah. video game mascots were doing it. Decades before video game mascots I, were doing I it. I speculate it was just, like, some old guy... If we give him a convoidable, then they can see his head and we can sell stuff with his face on. That was it. Like, if there's not, if this head doesn't stick out, you can't recognize a character. And there weren't, uh, sprites weren't good enough to do that yet. But yeah. Hey, Hannah, the guys from Matchbox is on the phone. We, uh, we need some new toys here. Tell him to go fuck himself. We're a galoob company. <laughs> I, I am still amazed that the NES game came out in 92. What what year was the Super Nintendo? Wasn't that 91? Uh, yes. yes. So yes. it was a year after the Super Nintendo and 20-something years after the the series had run. Like, who I, who is this game for? I, Why I is it coming to the U.S.? I mentioned this in 30, 2010, but like... Um, I don't ever remember seeing Atari games on shelves. I remember seeing Nintendo games on shelf, on store shelves. Mm-hmm. And if you can believe it, there was a time where there just weren't that many. You could face the cover out instead of showing just the spine because there was mm-hmm. enough room because there weren't that many games. And it was also a mystifying medium to parents. Their kids loved video games. They remembered playing some Pong in college. So if you put... A character that the adult recognized. I remember I had a friend who's that dude. I got the, <laughs> I got the Heathcliff game. Like who the fuck cares about Heathcliff? Jesus, <laughs> like uh, but, garbage but his, ape. His dad garbage got ape excited cares. And, and like, oh, I loved this when I was a kid and would bring it home. And he would just get these these awful license games all the time because his parents yeah. got excited about shit they recognized. Huh. And I think that's sort of part of it. And, and, and again, yeah, no, we we're still living within our within sort of our parents nostalgia anyway given the nation of syndication and the monoculture oh, totally. we, cartoon express was playing this every day and that's before yeah you were cartoon asking Network about blues brothers and who was asking for a blues brothers game i mean that really just shows you the power of boomers yeah. in the 80s right like that's got, why we got a blues brothers i got game. introduced yeah. to the blues brothers through a mid-90s free preview of the disney channel which did a week-long blues brothers celebration because we don't know what our identity is anymore, but it was live shows and documentaries and them on the Disney. I got introduced to Planet of the Apes through the Disney Channel. <laughs> I, I have to think that Blues Brothers would be counterproductive, though, because like a parent seeing it, it's like, oh, I remember that movie. Oh, no, I don't want my kids to know about rednecks throwing beer bottles at you. Yeah. Or <laughs> really up Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, we've gotten back to Blues Brothers again. We should move Always on. happens. Yeah, we should move <laughs> on to... Would you say we should keep on rolling, rolling, rolling? Yes. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going full Durst. My bad. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a Blues Brothers reference, man. And away we go. Raw high. Number four. Oh, a slithering pack of belt bums. Look at them, mateys. How can they do such a thing? Nothing in the universe will be safe from those warped brain toads. Attention all hands, battle stations. Let's cloak some toadies. Man, I just played this, and this is going to confuse people. Because mm. I don't remember any arcade games released in, 90, in the 90s that had like full voice acted cutscenes from the characters from the show. It was rare. Uh, you'd see them every once in a while. You'd have sound clips. Cowabunga! Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, very, that's basically what compressed. this is. <laughs> no, th- no this, this has a story with multiple different characters oh, yes, saying full true. lines of dialogue a, a lot. This is Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> yeah. Bucky O'Hare, this is the arcade game from Konami, which was, like a lot of licensed games at the time, a belt scroller for up to four players. That seemed to be like the default for like we got this license. What do we do? Oh, we let's make a brawler. Let's make a oh, well, but this one's with spacemen and guns. And okay, well we'll just add a bunch of guns to it. Well, it, it, there are two things that distinguish this. Like, obviously, I was in love with a little turtles who were ninjas. Michael will get pissed at me if I, I will even I allude will. to what's coming up later. <laughs> uh, but if I, in my little kid brain, how could I improve the Ninja Turtles? Like, more colorful, more mutants, set it in space. Boom. And Bucky O'Hare, I remember it was, I could never find it on TV because I think it aired at like 6 a.m. It's only like 13 episodes, but it's got two wow. pretty good games from yeah. Konami trying to recapture some of the success we'll talk about later in this list. And uh, this this game in particular, it's not, it's a beat-em-up, but it. It operates under shmup stuff. Kind of? Well, I mean, you are shooting a lot, and it does sound like this. That's a nice uh, flying saucer sound effects there. This is uh, a type of game you expect to hear when you walk into an arcade. If you yeah, think yeah. of, like, I don't know, Michael, this Simpsons arcade game, because I'm mm-hmm. not allowed to mention anything that comes later, you're not dodging, you're not in a bullet hell, you're not dodging projectiles. Here you are, and, mm. you're, and not yeah. only that, you're shooting projectiles, and it's a, there's also, like, power-ups, Gradius-style power-ups, to enhance that weapon. It, there there mm-hmm. is a close, like, if you're super close, you can, like, melee somebody, and there is a dive kick, but most of it is projectile-based, based on things that you're shooting. And after the first level, you basically just, like, leave gravity and you move the character around in a vertical in a vertical way for the next couple levels, uh, operating very much like a shmup. And it's really clever and very colorful. It's fucking gorgeous. It feels like... If you could see it... Ugh, I, I, Michael, I don't know where you stand. I'm not a big scan lines guy when I emulate games, old okay. games. But it looks really good like that so so most games do because they were designed to take advantage of the crt scan lines that would give them further definition further shading out Mm -hmm. like automatic outlines most ways you'll play this you can't see it like that but it is a pretty fucking game and 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 kind of 
kind of the end of the, the belt scroller mascot movement in... I think it's great. I, I played it just today. I thought Bucky so was awesome. I, I figured out why this game is so hard to describe, but once I tell you what the team later went on to do, you'll totally get it. Oh, please. These are the treasure guys. Yeah. They went to ah. form treasure. Like, this this is that's so totally a treasure game when you're talking about like yeah it's sort of a side scrolly shmup but with characters i'm like oh yeah that's treasure yeah, that's that, treasure. that makes 100 percent sense uh yeah. and and yeah the 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 characters made me wonder like did this start as like a, an early attempt to do an edgier bugs bunny thing and it, it didn't it didn't it no was it's, like it's larry hammond in, in the 70s came up with it's this. a comic right yeah yeah. It's a, yeah it was originally a comic then it was the tv show the tv show got popular because it coincided with ninja turtles and uh, a little uh, bit afterward, and then these. My, games my first came exposure out. was the games. I didn't. I didn't know Bucky O'Hara was a TV show until you guys put it, it on the it list. Was, it was marketed disclosure. I had never even heard of Bucky O'Hara before today. Wow, really? today. that's coming from I, Jeremy, uh, the guy I, who pitched. Are we going to talk about Cowboys of Moo Mesa? Like what? Oh yeah, like, <laughs> that, but that was more my time. That was like ninety five, ninety six. So uh, yeah, this this is a little bit a, earlier. Uh, but yeah, it was it was part definitely popularized as part of that wave, the the funny animals who kick ass wave. But it was on yeah. it was on the air for like two years, and if I if I could get up early enough for school, like five thirty a.m., I could see it, and uh, it just never what aired. What network showed Bucky O'Hare? Uh, I have no. I, for like us, it WB was, or something, or for us, it well, was okay. Fox. So this the, the, you're revealing your age back then. This is uh, first run syndication. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, syndication. So it 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 varied by market. Yeah, you but, know, it, it depends on who licensed the the thing in their market. So. It just what I saved you? those fucking totally Fox Kids magazines they'd send oh, me yeah. about Fox's oh, afternoon yeah. Saturday morning block. So I have proof Bucky O'Hare aired on that channel, but it gotcha. was always difficult to see, and it didn't have that coveted yeah. time slot that like Ninja Turtles got or or, or uh, Animaniacs or anything like that. It was difficult yeah. to find. But I, I, just from the pitch of it, the look of it, they would run those promos for it. Captain Bucky O'Hare goes where no other rabbit would dare. I, I wanted it so bad. I wanted to live in that world and never really got to experience it until I was an adult. and like, oh, this sucks. And, and <laughs> discovered the arcade game. And like when I said, you know, I thought this was like a, a Bugs Bunny thing, it's partly because his partner is... Duck. Looks like a forearmed, kitted out uh, Daffy Duck. He's, dead his eye partner duck, is, baby. Yeah, Dead Eye Duck. Mm-hmm. And and here is Bucky and Dead Eye Duck torturing a prisoner. What did you do to my people, Alligator? That's a laugh. <laughs> Captain Bucko's fixing to fry your scales, Negator. Better talk. Ow! The, the furballs were taken to the planet Punk. I <laughs> just like the idea of a planet punk. And a, a, a fucking I'm going to connect this car battery to your balls if you don't stop talking. <laughs> I'm going to sit you down with a, in a chair with a hole in it and hit you with a big rope in the nuts until you tell me what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a purple alligator named Al Negator. Like, <laughs> that is from the game. That is, that is a full cutscene. It, it made me think about how much the arcade trends probably hated beat-em-ups. Because the, the the trend tended to be like, let's make the first level really accessible, so kids want to play this game more. 
But if you think about everything from Pac-Man and then into Street Fighter, your average arcade time is supposed to be like 90 seconds. And like, yeah. this is the only game I've ever played with unskippable cutscenes. <laughs> get this kid off this and get those quarters flowing in here. No, we want to tell him a story with Al Negator and the planet punk. <laughs> but it, it uh, justifies itself by being four players. So it's four yeah. times the quarters, potentially. Right, and not just like that one lonely kid who's playing the unpopular game. Um, but now this, this looked really good, and uh, like th- that was that was pretty cool that you had like the four different characters with four different sprites and different Blinky the robot and, and Jenny the cat. Yep, uh, the other. And they also appear in the NES game, which I'm sandwiching in here because it's also pretty good. <laughs> Both of these are by Konami. The the NES version is like a pretty solid, like, Contra-style platformer. Lots and lots of instant deaths via pit, as was the style at the time. It's showing you that, like, uh, part of the world was poised to treat Bucky O'Hare like the next Ninja Turtles. It's Ninja Turtles oh, yeah. space, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Konami's like, all right, last time this worked out really well for us. We made an NES game before we'd ever seen a frame of the animation and it showed and yeah <laughs> that's why the cover has a uh, all red bandana just mm-hmm. like the comic just from looking at this from what i'm looking at on the internet i would think that battle toads was a spin-off from this show dude the aesthetic's think... very similar i uh, hate that we can't talk about Toad it like Wars. this but i think battle toads is an evolution of this style of beat-em-up yeah that one of the games we'll talk about sort of took a lot from but because battle toads I forget why didn't I say that here if Battletoads should have had a like Ren and Stimpy edgy Nickelodeon show in the 90s and we would it would still be a major franchise they never would have had to buy Ninja Turtle but it said it didn't get a show until a year later and it was sort of diluted but Battletoads the shit and sort of based off every bit of this type of attitude god damn gotcha. yeah. Bucky, Bucky O'Hara like just do a Google image search if you were a little kid like me in the 80s this is everything you wanted I wanted nothing but shit set in space Animals instead of people, robots instead of people. Please give me, please give me a Donald Duck with an aviator jacket and a gun. Yeah. That, please. Yeah. And and make make him essential to getting through obstacles in later levels, even though there's a, a level select in the NES version. <laughs> and I know this will never happen, so I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Give me a spinoff of Star Fox where you, it's like a young version of that rabbit, but in the Bucky O'Hare arcade game style. Weird. Yeah, it does feel a lot like yeah. Star Fox. Peppy prequel. He gets to be the, the main character instead of the old man. Uh, anyway, let's let's move it along to number three. What Lerv. game is this, Chris? Lerv, this game. Tiny yeah. Toon Adventures. Might be the classiest yeah. box art of any licensed game I've ever seen. Buster Busts Loose. Oh, and oh! I thought you were going to shoot the NES one. I, you I know, I'm, I'm also going to include the NES one, so let's play a clip from that as well. But you can notice there's a difference in the way these sound. <laughs> it's insane. Purple's unlucky and go-go is a thing. Acme 
Guard City, we use our two degree. We're teaching Seth, been giving <laughs> lessons, 1933. Uh, comic dispensers, we took all the sensors. I, I, there's two dozen Tiny Toon games, just about. Yeah. There Probably, is, yeah. but oh yeah. oh yeah. So which one are we talking about here? So the the Super Nintendo and the NES one. I I, I had mm. trouble deciding between these because on the one hand, Super Nintendo one Buster Bust Loose, it it looks like I always wanted yeah. Super Nintendo games to look like big colorful sprites, beautifully animated characters. It's got tons of content. Like aside from being. A pretty decent platformer. It's got like all these mini games, which was an unusual yep. thing at the time. Where like, oh, you you uh, spin this wheel, and now you're furball playing squash, or now you're trying to guess the weight of these characters relative to each other. It's it, just it's, little... it does something Konami would eventually get kind of good at. It, and it's like this is funny, and like yeah. games didn't really have a way to be fun- funny, but it it, it, it all. The NES game, which I, that was the one I was saying has the best. The Buster Bust Loose cover is awful. Like no. drag and drop <laughs> clip, clip art. Yeah. Uh, but but that game is like so well crafted in that you you it uses the litany of characters to do something interesting with. The Tiny Toons NES game is the first time I ever played a game based on a cartoon show that had an actual voice sample from that cartoon. When you beat, beat the level, you'd see Go Go Dodo. Your score would tell you up and you go... Dope, dope. But it was like really a voice. Yeah. And I think Big Bird had done that. In the, but you know, I wasn't playing a Sesame Street oh, game yeah. in the 90s. It wasn't, wasn't Go-Go. It was that that buzzard with like the, the yeah. Mo uh, haircut. The Mo Howard. That's my favorite thing about Tiny Toons. It is Steven Spielberg saying like, we're resurrecting the Looney Tunes for the next generation. And the Looney Tunes characters had all gotten 50 years to become popular. Even though I think, for example, Tasmanian Devil. Six cartoons. That's all he's in. That's all he ever was in up until the 90s. He had not... Taz had like 30 minutes of screen time period in his life. Well, don't forget all the airbrushed mall t-shirts. Those became popular and we got more Taz. But Taz is like a super latter-day Looney Tunes character. Right. And and, and, But every every kind of Looney Tunes character got a a Tiny Tunes analog. Remember... No one remembers Fifi the skunk to make Pepe Little Pew less rapey, yet a horny purple girl skunk. Mm-hmm. Go Go Dodo, based on a black and white Porky cartoon, and yep. even Lil Sneezer. Does anybody other than me remember Lil Sneezer, the the little mouse who was cute before like Warner Brothers figured oh, yeah. out? Did he wear like a diaper or something? No, no, but like the Tiny Toons version did, I think, because they had a, they had a version. Sneezer is in like six cartoons as well like i think nine but they made a tiny tunes analog they did nothing with him but like that intro like go go dodo's gonna be in everything like you'll never see this character <laughs> but but uh but the game actually like you see these characters and you can use uh dizzy devil in a good way furball even the sylvester yeah. analog uh can can scale walls can grapple this shit it's it, and then the, the the super nintendo version is just gorgeous. And this is at a time when, like, I think I had a Super Nintendo and Sega's like, we got blast processing. Play this game, Buster runs as fa- can run as fast as Sonic and run so fast he scales walls. Yeah. It, it, like, the, this one is, I, I think the NES one is way more accessible. Like, I understood exactly what I was doing immediately. Yeah. The Buster Bus Loose, like, it's, it's a little confusing because, like, oh, I can't just hop on enemies to kill them. I need to, like, do a flying Flip. kick. 
I can I can dash, but I have to keep an eye on this meter. But I can also dash up walls and and do all this cool acrobatic shit. It just kind of takes practice. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was great. And one of my favorite things about Tiny Toons games, and my sick of Star Wars co-hosts will hopefully like this. Star Wars games not on PC, Jeremy. During this period, were oh. absolute dog shit. Fuck oh, yeah. every JVC game. Fuck all those Super Star Wars games. They're all bad. <laughs> and I. You might find this shocking. I was a little kid and really into Star Wars. And the Tiny Toons NES game had a secret Star Wars level. And they had, but uh, yeah. with all, with Duck Vader. Yep. And I love <laughs> Buster Bust Loose has a Star Wars parody level. And in just like games, it felt like that was kind of, if, if not for being based on a TV show, that was kind of ahead of its time. Not yeah. everybody could use the Star Wars license, but it made like a very worthy Star Wars parody level. That's well, a, Spielberg could because yeah. he's best friends with George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the last level also, yeah, and awesome. like I I was impressed just like watching the ending. It's like they put a custom Bab sprite in here who looks like Princess Leia with yeah. her her ears are like curled into the the hair buns. Yeah, it's yeah. like games we're not doing that yet. But yeah. Tiny Toons, and, and if you know anything about games and sprites and how much memory a sprite would take up yeah. on a cartridge at the time, like that is damned impressive that they would go to that that trouble yeah. to do that. The the Star Wars content in the two Tiny Toons games was more exciting than any Star Wars game on those platforms. Sorry, I really just don't <laughs> like them. Chris, now you 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 would know this because yeah. like Tiny Toons when it hit huge, it was actually a big success, and yeah. like you said, it was big collaboration. It was super duper expensive to make because they got full orchestras and it's fucking Spielberg and they got North American animators instead of just outsourcing everything, blah, blah, blah. EMS from Japan. Why did they switch to Animaniacs? Because that felt jarring to me as a kid. I'm it, like, wait, I like Tiny Toons. Why, why, why no more Tiny Toons? It was just the syndication cycle because the nature of... On 302010 a few weeks ago, we had to talk about the 50th anniversary of The Honeymooners. The Honeymooners, a 39-episode series from the early 50s? That was being broadcast mm-hmm. in primetime until the 90s because there wasn't nope, there wasn't enough stuff. <laughs> so like they, they just so they assumed <laughs> if we make a hundred tiny tunes over the course of like three years, we can rerun this indefinitely. And they were sort of right, but not it sucks that there's not more. Or that they didn't mm-hmm. make more. And they made like how I spent my summer vacation, but then they all that all those people got moved over to Animaniacs to make some, like, well, we'll just make another hundred and double our money. <laughs> it's right. cynical. It's weird. Tiny Toons should have continued. Uh, Anima- Animaniacs is great. Maybe even funnier than Tiny Toons, but I always have an affection for Tiny Toons. Yeah. Uh, my- I just remember being bummed, bummed that we had to uh, kind of choose. It's like, yeah. you get one or the other. You can't, they can't run something. The orchestra, the writers, the animators, they all got moved over to Animaniacs to like make yeah. another hundred. That's the same way the Disney afternoon worked too. You make a hundred, get out of there. Yep. That's the, that's what we're here for. We're here to make a show that we can get away with airing every day for the next 10 years. Once we get a hundred. Even in my brain, they, they've melded. They have a similar style and stuff where like, I, I don't think of Tiny Toons without thinking of Animaniacs and sort of vice versa. Like they they they're kind of a package it, it, deal. It definitely for me. feels like a straight line of progress where like Tiny Toons kind of Tiny Toons crawled so that Animaniacs could run. And it, it doesn't hurt that like if you watch Animaniacs, the non-Hulu new version, a ton of the Tiny Toons characters are in there. Like they make references mm. to them and they appear same voice actors are all over the place, so why not? Well, speaking of voice actors, I Remain impressed to this day, and I, I will always remember, this did something 
not a lot of other games got to do at the time, which is record a version of the theme song, apparently with the original cast, for an ad. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony, and now this cartoony is a game for NES. There's action, adventure, and not to mention danger. Montana wants a structure bound to got to set her free. Each tune has a talent he can use that's really neat. Hockey lines, pieces, spins, and verbal has its feet. It's wild, it's happy, just try to get the neck. It's tiny tune adventures for the NES. It's from, from Konami, yes! <laughs> That's when the name Konami would mean something. Like, I, I feel like even now you you throw out a game publisher's name, and like hardcore gamers will get it immediately. Random people, maybe not. But like the, that the name Konami meant something in the eighties yeah. that you could put it in a commercial, and kids would go like, "Oh yeah, Konami, oh, Castlevania, Castlevania, Contra, yeah, fucking Konami." That's my impression Hell of every eighties kid. No, no, I, I was I was with you, and <laughs> I, I remember. Very specifically, like learning what labels meant, you would understand that w- this game is going to be slightly better because there's a Sunsoft logo on it, mm. mm-hmm. and this game is going to be slightly worse because it has an LJN logo mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, back then I would say Konami and Capcom were like neck and neck, oh, yeah. similar game types, kind of competing for almost the same subsets of the gaming audience. If you, if that even existed, because yeah, they, they were like <laughs> the Marvel and DC of NES third parties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, oh, I hate talking about this, but I, I had a really bad YouTube feature I created called Guess the Game Commercial. And sort of that was based, I love the Tiny Toons game commercial. I would sing it in my head because I was the right age to be marketed to. The Japanese commercial is just slow opera music and hyper-realistic characters, carrots falling from the sky. And then dialogue I can't understand. <laughs> And then, boom, it, like, slams in the Tiny Toons for, like, four seconds and goes back to this surreal marketing campaign. <laughs> I love that. I love game. when that happens. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tiny Toons. And just, like, colors. Colors were super yeah. important to me. And Tiny Toons had, like, all the right colors. Every kind of color I like a character to be was represented in Tiny Toons. So many colors. Except for pure What? Uh, they're trying to replace Hampton. <laughs> well, would you settle for green? Yeah. Number two. What game is this? I love the up tempo version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right there. It's like, yeah, there's that there's that sound that like you only hear in like nineties content. That's sort of like not a record scratching, but like a record car came to a Yeah, like every time I hear it on 302010 in a nineties movie, I call it the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Orchestra. I associate it with that. So what's what's the full title of the game? Uh, are we talking about the arcade game? Uh, well, the Super Nintendo one, but yes, also the Boo. Uh, oh. Well, the Super Nintendo game would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, the arcade game would be... 
Sorry. <laughs> I just need an excuse to play the victory game. See, now that's an example of about all of the voice acting we got in video games at yeah. the time. Like that oh. sample took up half the memory on the cartridge. I, I'm so <laughs> glad you got that because we not only got that Kawabunga, we also got some really half-hearted level name callouts in retrospect. Alley Cat Blue. Alley Cat Sewer Surface. Technodrome. Let's kick shell. Prehistoric Telosaur. Worry my shell at wounded knee. Neon Knight Riders. Starbase. Where no turtle has gone before. Technodrome. The final shell shock. Yeah, you notice, hearing that all at once, you notice there's a bit of an accent in there. It's, yeah. Bury my shell at wounded knee. Bur- bury my shell at wow. wounded knee. Yeah, very, very progressive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. I think that's only in the Super Nintendo version. Oh, okay. Because the Super Nintendo version, unlike a lot of other arcade ports, um, got extra content, oh. in, including samples and uh, voice samples and level, entire level. Yeah. But, uh, but I still think, in terms of Ninja Turtles games, obviously... I'm not going to play any licensed dog shit that comes out hmm. <laughs> comes out uh, to coincide with a new cartoon. My favorite Turtles in Time, as this is known, is the best version of Ninja Turtles. Walk right and beat stuff up. Yeah. It just is yep. absolutely, and it has that. Uh, but the the Neon Knight Riders was, was that in the arcade? Because that's like the F Zero level. Where... No, I think that's only in the Super Nintendo. Okay, yeah. Because that... they, they added Mode 7 stuff yeah, for that. Yeah, they, they did, and that was really cool. But um, I, I will say that the trade-off, I do kind of miss that uh, the arcade game has a lot more samples and much better ones. Uh, mm. For example, it begins with this song. Pizza Power! Jeremy. So that song. Can you name, hold on, hold on. Jeremy, can you name the band doing that song? <laughs> can I name the band doing that yeah. song? Uh, man. I, I'm t- you're going to. I asked you obviously because you can't. Be as lazy <laughs> as possible and you'll get it right. God, I really don't know. I'm trying to think of. A Teenage like, Mutant Ninja Turtle band. Just give me a name. <laughs> this is the worst way I've stalled the show in my life. <laughs> oh, God. I've really got nothing. Honestly. The Sewer Rats, the, Chris. I'll the, say the Sewer Rats. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle band. Uh, oh, the geez. only album available exclusively at Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh. I'm not yeah, getting out of their yeah. shell. <laughs> but, I listened to the shit out of this. Oh my god! I think it debuted I, in this game, though, from what I can tell. No, 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 no. No, I think there's, it was out a little earlier than that. Because it was, it was more want... shocking that they managed. I don't remember hearing a song with lyrics from a tape I had in a game before. That hadn't. Really, they would. They could approximate a MIDI version of popular songs. I don't ever remember that happening, other than like the original Ninja Turtles in The Simpsons. So. This is, but this is like a full, like not a full song. It's like twenty seconds of a song. It's one of my favorite track modes of all time. But it's it's like track five on the coming out of their shells. Coming out of their shells. Turtles album. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Band. Jeremy, do yourself a favor and Google that. Fall down the rabbit hole. There's a surprising amount of content from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Band. It almost broke up the state by taking away Michael Ian Black. 
and uh, uh, <laughs> Ben, what's his name? Yeah, they were they were the in the turtle costumes. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm looking at this. It's the people in like turtle costumes on stage playing music. There is a one hour narrative performance from it, it, that I've watched at least five times. I listened to this album over and over again. I loved it. I was nine. It was, it was like my favorite this article. Album. This article calls it the G-rated Guar show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You guys make wow. fun, but like, I've seen Disney Junior live, all right? Yeah. So this type of entertainment still exists and this more than ever. Than yeah. This is, way, this, is, this is way better, but it had never been in a game before. And Turtles Time is just this crescendo moment, I think, before things went full 3D. This is the best music, the best sprite work I've ever seen in a beat of a I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many different sprites in turtle in the arcade turtles in time, uh, and, and facial expressions you can read on the characters. You can do all these different moves. Everybody has a different special move. You can throw characters at the camera, and they hit the screen and slide down. Yeah, all this stuff like we'd never seen before. It was a really worthy successor to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Well, I think I think I skipped this one on console, and part of the reason is like. I sort of got burned by the original TMNT game on NES, which like some people love, but like at the time the worst got mixed reviews really and is, it wasn't yeah. a great game. I didn't no. I didn't like the game. And it and it, it soured me against Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle home games so that at my local Straw Hat they had the arcade games and that's like if we're gonna play a TMNT game, we're going, we're taking a bunch of quarters, we're playing that. Fuck this 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 home console shit for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And so I missed this one when it's like, oh no, they actually did a pretty it's, good one after. Yeah, it's well totally, it's totally possible. And we were also teetering on the edge of puberty too so mm. like we might have been out of the Ninja Turtle area yeah it mm. might have been outgrowing the shit uh, but mm. the, the games were good even if you lost interest in the, the, the property and the, the IP as it were uh, the the NES game um, not the original one but the one they, they did an arcade port that was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 the arcade game on NES it was pretty good especially when it's, compared to that first game it's a phenomenal feat that they made that as yeah. good as it is, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, that, it, that was such a hard game to, to port. But this, the, the Super Nintendo, if you like Turtles in Time on one or the other, you should play both because there's enhancements and things that don't exist in both versions, but they're yeah. pretty faithful to one another. And uh, they, there are some differences. Like here's the uh, when you hit start on the Super Nintendo version, you hear. Cowabunga! And when you insert coin on the arcade, you hear. Let's get shell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly, that was way too racy for the home market. You got to go. That with sounded like something from Twin Peaks. It sounded backwards. It really did. Like, it, sounds like, it sounds like a dwarf told me to let's get hell. You, you also have this wonderfully voice acted cutscene in the arcade version. This is April on the recording. Hey, crank. Bring that statue back, you bloated beanbag! Uh, I should say that Leonardo's yelling at his TV when yeah. he says that, so... That should be the screenshot for the episode, by the way. Yes, all right. Good and, call. Uh, uh, but again, like, Bucky O'Hare is a, a couple months after this, so compare the dialogue mm. and the cutscenes and how yeah. much Konami was able to squeeze in there. And the, the, the sprites are not as detailed in Bucky O'Hare. I swear, if you want to look at great sprite work, arcade... TMNT Turtles in Time, just fucking wonderful. I didn't know this uh, until recently. Did you ever see this in arcades? In the most people were able to convert other Konami machines into Turtles in Time, and if 
the Ninja Turtles were so popular in arcades. You remember that my arcade had like a pedestal, the, the latest cool thing. They just mm. give it this 60-inch projected screen nice. and the pedestal, so I didn't see any cabinet art. The cabinet art for TMNT Turtles in Time is the worst official Ninja Turtles art I have ever seen in my entire Isn't life. Isn't it like a, a photo of a woman dressed up like April O'Neil? No, no, that's the ori- that's the original. Oh, for Turtles in Time. Oh, okay. Turtles in Time. It is like if Will Vinton, the guy who made the Noid, made the Ninja Turtles. They look like clay, and, and, and Arcade went up just released an updated machine of Turtles in Time. For like seven hundred dollars. Because I remember, I like I'm trying not to fill my house with any more shit. But uh, I, the only way to get the original version of Turtles in Time legally and officially right now is through one of those arcade one-up cabinets. Mm. And the old cabinet with the original TMNT arcade game art had was uh, retired. However, I this is this is a bargain hunter thing for you people out there. Uh, I'm not paying five hundred, six hundred, two hundred dollars for one of these fucking machines. <laughs> so I went into my Walmart after two years uh, and said, "Hey, this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles machine with Turtles in Time and the original arcade game on it, uh, this display model with the stolen joysticks and the cracked, <laughs> the cracked screen, I'll give you fifty bucks for it." And the guy looks at me, he's like, seventy-five, and. <laughs> And I got it for $75. Nice, nice. So if you see one of those display models in an arcade, the Walmart, the people, the managers in those electronic sections, they want to get those out of there. So ask them. They might sell it to you for a cheaper price. Or you could just wait for later this year and pay $40 to $60 for the Cowabunga collection Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. this, the arcade and SNES versions will both be there. But that's that's what's fascinating. uh, One I knew about, the awful TMNT reshelled. Uh, a 3D remake because, like, uh, without giving a Konami a bunch of money, you couldn't really put TMNT Turtles in Time out again. I never heard of. Okay, this is where Jeremy comes in. What's your knowledge of the Turtles? Where, did you catch on with? Was that a thing with you? Yeah. Um. I ha- way back in the day, I had the PC port of that original awful one. The, oh, the unbeatable, the, the unbeatable one that converted incorrectly. Yeah, it had like a top-down portion where you run around yes. and you would like yep. stab, kind of like Zelda. Brum, 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 yes, brum, that's that original brum, NES game. Yeah, yeah. Um, great music though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I was asking Jeremy because I've never seen like the 2000s Ninja Turtle show, the one. You know where they have oh. the white eyes. Which, which oh. one? Are there multiple two thousand shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 and I, it's confusing, but like it's not the, a Nickelodeon one. It's a reboot after the eighty seven to ninety something mm. one. This is the live action mm. one with Venus de Milo? No, no. It is another animated version. <laughs> Our younger listeners want to kill me right now. There's oh, probably like the, a, is that a the, Showa era name for it. The PS2 games were based on that, right? There's a PS2, Xbox, and GameCube game. Uh, mm. It's the third game. It's called Mutant Something. Um, and you can unlock Turtles in Time in it. Really? There have been gradual changes to arcade wow. games in the past. But in 2003, you could unlock Turtles in Time. But in order to put it on a disc, they had to remove Konami's music. They had to remove the voice actor samples and replaced it with a 2003 voice cast. Um, if you played the PS2 version, 
you could only play as like two of the turtles because it was dependent on what controller port you stuck oh stuff. Gosh. So if you didn't have a multi-tap, uh, only Xbox and GameCube players could play as every turtle, and that was dependent on what controller port you were plugged in. On. Do you know the default? Like what? Oh, that would oh, piss some it's, people it's, off. Well, like it should be Leonardo, but it, it, for PS2, it was whatever's in the center. And unlike the other turtles games, like you know these, uh, the turtles had slightly different powers. Raphael's faster. Donatello's yeah, yeah, slower. Yeah. More reach. Gaming yeah, tradition. Um, but this this was an unlockable in a 2003 game and broken open in a way I thought was only possible with Digital Eclipse or these people spent a billion fucking hours on this thing to replace all the music and voice wow. samples and, and, and replace the art in the game. So this has had like two forgotten delisted remakes you can't get anywhere but eBay. Now is that remaking the SNES version or the arcade version? It's the arcade version. Because that's the thing, Reshelled at the time also got criticized. It was just yeah. remaking the arcade version, so you miss out all yeah. the cool SNES extra levels and all that. It stuff, also so. sucks and like looks like <laughs> the, like the, the the best thing about TMNT Turtles in Time is how colorful and weird it is. You're yeah. traveling through time, right. purple levels, orange men, and then the the fucking 3D one is just like has that Call of Duty saturation filter over everything. Oh, it's got to look real. Mm. Uh, it's got to look real. I want to make this battle on a pirate ship look real. <laughs> oh, that's uh, the battle on the pirate ship in the arcade game. You have, is it Taka and Razor? Uh, Tokar and... Taka and... and uh, oh. Razor? I, no, I'm I, forget, I forget, but in the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles creators... I believe sort of pitched a fit and said no Bebop and Rocksteady because those were creations from the cartoon and they wouldn't mm. get money off of it. Mm. But who the fuck wants to see Taka? And so they created Taka and Razor for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. And we, as a kid, you're sitting in the theater like, look, not going to complain about the vanilla ice. Love it. Uh, but, <laughs> but why is there not Bebop and Rocksteady here? And the Super Nintendo version has Bebop and Rocksteady in that area, replacing oh, Taka wow. and Razor. Uh, um, so, so there's a, it's why there's like no argument over which version superior. Like you should play them both. They're both hmm. worth playing. And you, I'm you know so what you, glad. you should do, Chris, huh. you should go to patreoncom slash laser time and check out the commentary we did of TMNT two, yes. the secret of the ooze, Yes, which is available exclusively to patrons at the $5 or more level. Yeah. So they're babies. I've, babies. I've been trying to find that game you were talking about. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three mutant nightmare. Uh, for PS2, that. and I think that it's either that or Battle Nexus that I remember being at like a Konami uh, Games Press Expo Day or something, and we were watching a demo for it, and they're playing the intro, and it was like I guess it was the theme song from the TV show at the time, but oh, yeah. like this, it was kind of more edgy and like had this bit where like they're going turtles, and then the guy in the back yells, "I love being a turtle." And the guy in front of me, I just remembered, like, just turned to his friend and said, that band has no shame. <laughs> uh, the Turtles in Time remake uh, on that disc uh, in 2003, they take out Pizza Power. Uh, the SNES version had uh, orchestrated TMNT theme. And they put in that version, the one that's not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's the one that goes... 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and I'm not trying to make fun of it or disparage it. No, make fun just, of it. I don't know it. It's not my generation. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> where the Guar comparison comes <laughs> from, is the Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja, <Guar>. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait until they shoot uh, Turtle Spooge all over the crowd, and then it's really like the Guar. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, Michael, it's weird. You got the invite to the Konami press event. I got the invite to the Ultra press event. was uh, not what? as cool. Not like, as back cool. Back in the 80s? <laughs> that, that's, that's, I was going to tell that. The match shows up at a like, Shell Corporation. Like with a better call solid, like just a toilet I, in this. <laughs> I love that they pulled off the Superman Clark Kent with us. Like kids, we did not know that oh, Ultra was just Konami because we didn't fucking knew. We, I, mean, I didn't was, initially. That was what Metal Gear came out in the U.S. under. It was Ultra. But if you can think about how moronic it is, Konami didn't put its name on one of like one of its best-selling games of all time. Right, because they couldn't, because, because Nintendo, Nintendo wouldn't let them release more than whatever games per year. Yeah, so. Nintendo had surmised the reason why Atari was flooded with shit is because we allowed people to shovel where anything they wanted onto our platform. And Nintendo's like, hey, if you're making a game right, you can only make four of them a year. So right. no fucking more than right. four games a year on this platform. I don't God care how many people work for you. God forbid a company staff up and build yeah. more development teams to make more games. Like, yeah, oh, only because no, Nintendo's never heard of staffing up. It's nothing, <laughs> been nothing but staffed down since like the 90s. It's just Miyamoto <laughs> working in a dingy basement office. Um, we, should, we should wind this down with... Gotta go. Oh, come on. This is all for you, man. He insists that this game be counted amongst the best games of all time. And then he ghosts us when it comes up on a top. For five. legal reasons, Chris is not allowed to talk about this game publicly. Mm. That must be what it is. Uh, do we pause? Yes, we're waiting on you. Yeah. We can't. We can't talk about this game without you. I thought it'd be funny if I ran away. From <laughs> it was <laughs> like a second. <laughs> People of a certain age, I don't think, can hear that song without also hearing the the lyrics in their heads. Like, this was such a universal thing for, like, a certain kind of late 80s kid. Um, Race cars, lasers, air- not ponytails, nor cottontails, which I no. didn't know were the lyrics until, you know, within the last 10 years. It's I have a Pavlovian response. I can't help but go, woo! Uh, it, it, it's very embarrassing in public. Man, I remember we worked in this game that either the, the, the lyrics had not been officially subtitled or written down. Like, we had... The, is it? I thought it's woo oo. He's like, Disney says it's woo hoo. I'm like, that's impossible. There's it's no woo there. There's no H at all. Like that's what we have written down, and we're not, we're not going to make a thing out of this. At so, all. so we should be clear. You, full disclosure, worked on this version. Hey, all right, my boy. Yeah, but you better watch out. The Beagle Boys mess with your security system. <laughs> yeah. We take over the whole place. Yeah, be money. Hey, don't forget about me, Uncle Scrooge. Eh? Oh, 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 don't worry, lad. I'll save you. Fully voiced, extra tutorial both? level. It doesn't feel that old a game, but both of those voice actors are dead. Oh, God. Oh, man. Huey and or Louie, he was so young. It's a way, way forward, really, yes. did. Everything on it, like man, it, they employed 
current former Disney animators, great remixes of the music and the original voice cast. And the only, at the time, the only one who wasn't left alive was uh, Fenton Crackshell slash Gizmo Duck. He was not. Hmm. Oh, uh, no longer with us. He wasn't with us in like 2012. Hmm. Um, right. Since then, we've lost numerous members of this. this so this is a great example of what I was talking about of like. You, they, people could take liberties and give characters powers they didn't have. Like, I don't know about you guys. I don't recall Scrooge McDuck pogoing around the cartoon series on his cane or oh, whacking gemstones I, with it. For, I went for that out matter. of my way to watch, I think, up to 30 episodes of DuckTales to see if Scrooge ever did that. And he never did. And I couldn't get a concrete answer as to where that that came from. There, there's a lot of shots where he'll jump and click his heels in the air and hold his cane in the center, mm. uh, but he never, it never pogoed. And I really went out of my way along, you know, it was part of my job. Like, what is from the cartoons? What was established? Because Scrooge is, he dates back to like the 50s. Oh, um, before that. Like, when did Carl Bark start making those comics? When he was kicked off of animation and just started creating awesome duck characters for comics. Um, because Carl Barks is a solo genius. He created like the entire duck universe. Yeah. And that that's what's hysterical to me is like this is a game based on a TV show based on comics from the nineteen forties. Mm-hmm. And and the best proof you have is like the, the lost treasure of the Himalayas. That is a level, that is an item, that is an episode title, and that is a comic title from the forties. Mm. It it's incredible and 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 michael said like people of a certain age but like it's important to remember there's fucking young nerds out there like i i met my cousin a few years ago you know i see like every 10 years and he's like he's like 12 and like he's totally into retro games and if you're into retro games like the way i was into like famous monsters of Filmland and old mads you have played DuckTales. It's like, if if you care about the NES, you've played DuckTales. A ton of people have played DuckTales. It, it, it's it's a benchmark for that entire era. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a great mechanic. I even, like, wondered, like, if you didn't put spikes on the ceiling, why would we need Scrooge to ever walk? Mm-hmm. What yeah. if he just pogoed everywhere? It would be faster. Yeah. He would get hit less. Well, play, playing the remake again earlier today, and which which is deceptively called a remaster. Like this is a remake. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, just like I'm just gonna travel like this everywhere. Oh yeah, ceiling spikes. Okay, but the rest of the time I'm just gonna bounce because that's that's I, much I mean, the, the case was Disney wouldn't allow anything new to be made because that would require additional approvals. So it was just like if we're just remaking what's already was approved in the eighties and in the two, in the twenty tens, we won't have a problem. And, and and there's only like one huge addition in, in remastered, and that's at the uh, at the end. There's basically like an extra level when you race Flint Hump Gar- Flint Heart Glomgold out of the uh, shaft. There's like it's just not a remember it was just a simple rope climb. Right. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I, I hope I'm not the only one who plays this like once a year. I love DuckTales. I, I, I played the shit out of the original as a kid. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, to the point where I would just, yeah, just pogo around most of that game, except where there's spikes on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, yeah well, that was. <laughs> that's also, it encourages that because you, you reveal diamonds by jumping around everywhere. So mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. pogoing, you'll, you'll reveal more of them. 
I there there are certain things about the the remake that really impressed me. Like the Himalayas, the abominable snowman that you fight, they, they, mm-hmm. that Yeti is like it's it's like two Scrooges tall. I think in the original one, this yeah. this one fills the screen and is animated like a Cuphead character. It's mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. fluid. Mm-hmm. It's there's something very old timey about it. It almost contrasts with the rest of the game. But uh, yeah, it's it's a very impressive uh, remaster yeah, slash a, remake, and uh, yeah, it's it, a interesting precursor to Cuphead, I think, just because like yeah. it couldn't remake anything, so it could only make things that existed in the NES Ducktales. And I, I should just kind of add as a little cop out that this is this entry is kind of meant to like all all of those Disney afternoons Disney afternoon. were amazing like rescue rangers would have been neck and neck with this almost i think i think mm-hmm. ducktales is the better game of the two rescue mm-hmm. rangers was was really good and you know rescue... that is what inspired the list technically rescue but... rangers uh I, I meant to say this about bucky o'hare but bucky o'hare is like the most fair <laughs> arcade game i've ever played like it's not mean in the first two levels that's true yeah and, mm-hmm. and, and Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, at the time, we called it easy, but it's like, this is really approachable. Like, anybody of any age. And I, there weren't a lot of <laughs> uh, single-screen co-op games available on the NES at the time. And this was there mm-hmm. to do that. You could play with a friend simultaneously, and it could get a little maddening. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. it was awesome. It was an experience, uh, at the time nobody else was doing and it was fucking amazing you couldn't yeah. really play two side-scrolling characters at the same time even mario game all the mario games you'd have to take turns up mm-hmm. up yep. until shit i don't mario deluxe on the game boy yep, you couldn't even do that in mario world nope. um and and then they they went into tailspin which is a fucking underrated kids shmup and i i love that everyone loves that word when i use it mm-hmm. i just don't know what the real word is and uh on 302010 this week, we set, we celebrated the 30th anniversary of Darkwing Duck, which if you've never played it, it's released very late in the, S- N- or the NES cycle. The Super yeah. Nintendo is out. I could easily believe any argument that this, that was the best Disney Afternoon game. It is very good. It's built in the Mega Man engine, and you know how Mega Man encounters a bunch of different bosses? Darkwing Duck is basically a parody of James Bond and the Adam West Batman so does he. He just doesn't absorb their powers. It's fucking great. Mega Man with a grapple and like stealth mechanic. It's fucking awesome. The Darkwing Duck game is great. And this is all available in the Disney Afternoon Collection. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Which is frequently on sale. But I'm not like, paid what, to plug. Which shocks me that it's now. still still yeah, available. It's still available. But it but it, it, it fucking won't be forever. Mm. So if you've ever no, been on the no, fence no, no. and you yeah. see it on sale again, I've done that on platforms I don't I know I'm not gonna play it on. Five bucks I don't want to deal with this. I have a giant hard drive full of shit from Disney. I worked on this. Yeah. I don't want to lose this. <laughs> I don't want to lose yeah. access to this. Well, um, I, I love that this has since... There's stuff in this game that has since been brought forward into DuckTales canon, if you count the new series as canon, with yeah. uh, the, the moon song, the moon theme. Yes. Was in an episode of the 2017 DuckTales show. Oh, that's right. They gave it lyrics, I think, even. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yes, I, when I, we say moon theme, this is what we're talking about. I forgot about that. It's. 
people discover the game because 15 years ago, VGM fans are like, this is one of the best soundtracks in gaming. DuckTales. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah, it, it is regarded as some of I mean, okay, so we can we give Chris shit sometimes cuz like he fought tooth and nail for this game for DuckTales to be included in the list of 200 best games of all time and yet he's not alone in that opinion. We should no. say like plenty of publications rank so, it within the top 10 15 imagine, of all NES games. Imagine top 20 like just right off the top 20 NES games. Just imagine what that is. Remove first party Where's DuckTales? It, it's in the top it's, three. Yeah, it's close it, to it, the top. Yeah, it, it's and mm. and we know that now. And uh, and and it's it's also it's worth talking about because it's it's representative of an era where uh, I think I'm a big animation fan, big Saturday morning cartoon fan. Fuck He Man, fuck Transformers, fuck all that marketing horseshit. <laughs> DuckTales was just like. Jesus, this is an orchestra and people are actually writing this. It doesn't feel improvised. Mm-hmm. It's being animated well. No one's suffering over this. Like people are being paid. Disney is getting into animation in a way that, it, that is changing television. And yep. then it, it's this television phenomenon that spreads into video games. And I think they both fed off one another so much that kept its legacy alive because Scrooge McDuck was not an address character outside of Kingdom Hearts. For fucking years, for like decades, but this game kept it alive. Mm. Uh, nostalgia, not for the show, but for the game. I would argue. Well, and and and, and I don't, I don't want to prolong this conversation, but uh, throughout the world, Scrooge McDuck is an immensely popular cartoon or a comic book character, and has been. When we were working on Ducktales, it was just like in Brazil, like he's the number better than Spider Man or fucking. Scrooge McDuck is selling a shitload of comics to this day in Norway, and oh yeah, people love Scrooge McDuck and, and Donald Duck and yeah. Uh, yeah. all the ducks. Mm-hmm. But Scrooge McDuck is my favorite, just because like, imagine being in a pitch meeting nowadays with like one of the Holly Weirds. Like, I got this character. Well, what's he like? He's really old. Oh, but he's relatable. <laughs> no, he's really selfish. <laughs> he's really greedy and he's it, based on a stereotype a that scottish a lot of stereotype. young americans yeah, scottish, don't know yeah. about yeah yeah frugal I, frugal scottish people mm-hmm. so. frugal being the uh, polite term i did term, not yes. know that yeah yeah i, I, I found that he was out literally as an adult. based on the christmas character or christmas carol it, it, you know. his name is yes but mm-hmm. like uh okay. uh the mick duck part of it is based on a stereotype about scottish people being stingy <laughs> Well, by the way, we did it again. Um, I just bought this game. It's $5 on sale on PlayStation right now. The Disney Afternoon Collection. Go pick it up. Wow. So there you go. I, I think... I influenced myself. I'm an influencer. I, I, I worked on this game. I can honestly say it was a positive experience across the board with WayForward and Disney. But, you know, Capcom's not working with Disney right now on anything. So unless they are, mm. don't assume this will be on sale tomorrow. Yeah, actually, this is, uh, I believe, if the wiki's correct, this was only like the second licensed game Capcom ever made after like a mm-hmm. Hudson collaboration on a Mickey Mouse game. Yeah, the oh, wow. awful Mickey Mouse capade. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. that was terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so so not bad. Second time out, uh, <laughs> you hit quite the home run with your fucking cane right. on yeah. that one. Yeah. You know, uh, well, you know. yeah, Mickey Mouse capade, I just want to say, like, so when we were kids... A lot of us, we would get like a couple games a year if we were lucky, and 
So like we'd we'd play the shit out of them and just be like, oh man, this game is really hard. Like, like I guess I, I'm going to get really good at it. This this really hard game. And then you look at it as an adult and you realize, like, oh, this wasn't hard. It was shit. Imbalanced and bad. A <laughs> shitty, unfair game. Yeah, and yeah. people knew, kids knew that about Mickey Mouse Capade at the time. It was yeah. universally recognized as awful. I, if, if that, that, that episode of this or our old Talk Radar show we did about lyrics we made up for old video games. And I would tell this game out loud that I hated it to the tune of its game of its music because it was the second game I ever had and I was stuck with it. Hated Mickey Mouse Capade. I wanted to ask Jeremy. So again, our PC resident PC gamer, mm-hmm. Ducktales was not on PC, but there was a game called Quest Ducktales: The Quest for Gold, which Awful. was which had nothing to do with the NES game made by Incredible Technologies for Amiga, Commodore 64, Atari ST, and, and DOS. Uh, did you play that one? Was that any good? Any fond memories no. of that? I did not play that one, no. And again, like I all was going to say, like, being a PC gamer, I totally missed this game. Never, I don't think I've ever played wow. it. Wow. But I could not escape the impact of this game. I, it seems like everyone I knew played this game religiously and loved it and would sing its praises all the time and I would go you know I, cause I, I, don't, I didn't know yeah, I so, want to so say so the 2013 games on mobile in some way shape or form where you could just go play that game for relatively free or cheap maybe it was it was so weird when the game came out remember there were difficulty settings on DuckTales and it took that Mega Man formula of like you can go to whatever level you want first second yep. just mm-hmm. Ma- several of the Mega Man team worked on that game, right? And and it had difficulty settings, which is something Capcom had to do because Japanese games could be harder than uh, Americans yep. were willing to accept. And then, like with the remaster, the re- Ducktales remastered, it's like all that had to be. Du- There's like five difficulty levels, and I think hard mm. is like NES normal. Um, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that makes but sense. But at the, at the time. DuckTales was the, like, I think part of the reason I loved it, I, I did love the show <clears throat> and the comics, um, but it was, like, one of the first levels I was able to beat in, like, a rental weekend where, like, there were some games where, like, do you just remember, like, playing a game for years and never making progress? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, was life in the I NES era. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, actually, one of the things I loved about this game, and it's, I think, the first I can rem- remember had multiple endings games back then just sort of had an ending or maybe didn't have an ending if it's early enough nes days like it was fucking just would go on and on but this game had the ending like if you were flat broke because they had that mechanic where you could buy lives back if you needed to buy lives Mm. and what you got like a million gold or something for the treasures at the end of levels and if you so there's an ending if you had all of the gold here's the the it's so silly and i hate that i know this still if your fifth you would gain money instead of points. And mm-hmm. if your fifth digit of your money was a seven, you could talk to Launchpad. He's like, hey, Mr. McD, want to go back to go- Duckburg? You could go back and do the level again. Otherwise, you couldn't do that. Wow. And so if you can make t- 10 million, and there's uh, five hidden treasures, and there's a hidden mode where you can lose all your money, and the sprite is, it's not officially in the game, but glitchers can do it. Sprite exists of Sad Scrooge at the end who loses all his money. Um, and to be honest, the ending is nothing to write home about. It, Scrooge justifies gravity and leaps over his own newspaper article. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
Uh, I uh, that's my least favorite type of quote unquote cheat code back in the day where mm-hmm. they would make you do fucking math to get the code right. Like, yeah. okay, so wait, how do I lose this many points, <laughs> or how do I gain this how many? How many digits is five? Yeah. Gyro Gear Loose would drop diamonds from his flag whirlamagig. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm talking too much about Ducktales, but like, uh, I my thesis on it is that Ducktales is the property which was just resurrected for Disney Channel. Uh, I say just. I guess that was like five years ago. Mm. Uh, I think based partially on the legacy gamers gave it, um, being that the game was so good. Because I've watched the show, and if you watch the show DuckTales on a regular basis, you're a serial killer. It is not a good. Sh- it is not like it doesn't hold up very well. It was very good at the time. You mean the original? Okay, I was gonna say the, the new the ones. The shows we had good, at the man. time were like okay. Thundercats and He Man, and probably should have been illegal and regulated by our own government. Mm. Um, I loved the original Ducktales as a kid. I loved Tales. I loved most of the Disney afternoon the shows. Movie. Didn't I watch Gummy Bears. Movie. Didn't watch Gummy, I mean, Gummy the, Bears. The, at the all. original Ducktales was like it was just adaptations of Carl Barks stories, but right. replacing Donald Duck with Launchpad. For reasons, Goof Troop and Darkwing Duck are the shows that really hold up from that. Era. One don't, might don't argue know. if Ben Schwartz was not featured in that new Ducktales, he would not be the voice of Sonic. One, one could so say that. So let me might. tell you, if the, the, your fifth digit is a seven, then you can go back. In, in a, <laughs> now that, that is Ben elites. Shapiro, not Ben oh, Schwartz. <laughs> oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all Jewish Ben sound the same to me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, well, we should wrap this up because this has been a long one. I blame Jeremy. But, oh, Film uh, Heat. Yeah, we're, we're going to... Available on Twitch and everywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, you for suffering through uh, this with us, uh, Jeremy. Oh, it's been a blast. Appreciate you, you coming on. But uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. Look to the stars, my darling baby boys. Life is strange and vast. Filled with wonders and joys Face each new sun With eyes clear and true Unafraid of the unknown Because I'll face it all with you Let's get scratching Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. No, we're just out of a screening of Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm here with the most knowledgeable man I know in the field of all things Spider-Man, Chris Baker. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you're too kind. Thank you, Chris. I couldn't get tickets at all for the Thursday screening. As the Spider-Man tickets sold out real fast, crashed AMC's website. And I asked around, does anybody want to see Spider-Man at 1 p.m. on Friday? Because <laughs> it's like, I'm not dodging spoilers again. I'm just not. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with you again right. on Saturday, whenever you can do it. But I'm going to experience this fresh. Super important to me. And I'm, I like that the hype for this movie was like through the roof. But when I saw Endgame... I think it, I was talking to you about it. Like, I didn't... The trailer only showed, like, the first 40 minutes of the movie. I had no no idea what oh, yeah, Endgame yeah. was even going to be like, about. Time travel and all that was, like, completely left right. out of the 
I I, yeah. I I read your movie sites and all that stuff, but I'm really good at avoiding spoilers. But like, dude, the Spider-Man stuff just crept over into everything. And when I finally walked out of the movie, I'm like, yeah, other than the post-credit scene, like that, all of that, all of that was spoiled for me. Like naturally on Facebook, man, they broke through. I got hit by every spoiler. It was still it, you need to see it, even if it's been spoiled. Certain details have been spoiled for you. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment, where we're just going to get down to brass tacks and talk about that segment that you know and I know as... Start the song! Not a whole lot this week to talk about that we can talk about. Evil Dead the game. Uh, we didn't actually play, but uh, it it's it's a what an asymmetrical horror multiplayer game like yes. Friday the Thirteenth or Evolve or Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. Yeah. One team is the good guys, and then the other player, the fifth player, is the Kandarian demon that gets to set up booby traps across the map and possess players when their fear gets high enough. I'm a big Evil Dead fan. I don't know if this is the last time Bruce Campbell will be Ash, because he always mm. says, this is the last time. And then I think, you know, he needs a amount of money. money falls into his lap <laughs> yeah. and like, please talk again into a microphone. And he says yes. Uh, but I want to see how this is received. Cause I, I'm not going to be the beta tester for this fucking game for 60 bucks. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. I don't know if Evil Dead is a big enough universe to make an interesting asymmetrical multiplayer game. So I just want to see what other people end up saying about it. Hmm. And I'm not hankering for that experience anyway. It's not for me. And uh, Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, uh, which comes out after this episode. So uh, not a whole lot to say about that. If it's, I don't even know which one that is. There's like three vampires. If it's not Bloodlines 2, I'm not interested in it. Like I, f- I feel like there's there's White Wolf games... That come out that are Obviously. not Bloodlines. Bloodlines was like the one really solid, everybody should play this vampire, the masquerade. But was that game. the controversial Kickstarter one that went through all that? That's the thing. Even... I can't even keep track. I I don't know. Swang Song's that yeah. one. There's also the Battle Royale. There, there's all kinds of. Uh... As the show's jock, I don't even know who to beat up anymore. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Wait, you're the show's jock? I'm literally the show's jock. I know. I oh, took it away true. from you. <laughs> <laughs> I won it in an arm wrestling match. Uh, if it makes you feel better, Chris, so far on Metacritic, Evil Dead the Game, pretty pretty solid reviews. Like uh, good, seven, good. eight territory. I, I, I'm hoping the best for it, but like I wasn't wanting an Evil Dead game. I just wanted Bruce Campbell to be Ash again. I kind of don't care what reviews say on this one, only because reviews were not kind to the Friday the 13th game, and that was hella fun. So. It was awesome. Here comes yeah. the Jace Jace. Here comes the Bruce Bruce. <laughs> and and yeah, just okay, reading the first paragraph of IGN's review of Vampire or, or of uh, Swan Song says, "Imagine compacting the gothic open world of 2004's Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines into an RPG that is far slower and more deliberate in its execution, dousing mm. it with the same variety of linear character-driven storytelling made popular in Telltale's The Walking Dead series." Then finally handing it off to receive one last blood injection from the legendary puzzle game Mist. That's the pedigree that Vampire the Masquerade Swansong tries <laughs> wow. to live up to. 
Uh, I don't know if I hate this game or I never want to read a review again. <laughs> Can it that be is both? the slowest sounding game in history to combine Mist with already slow elements. Mm-hmm. Like, thanks. Uh, yes. Are you a Scrooge McDuck diving into a tower of free time? Like, <laughs> no. I, well, I don't know. I don't know if Michael agrees with this, but the, the the first paragraph in a game review was the hardest part of my job. I fucking hate it. Oh yeah. No. One hundred percent. It's so awful. You can't mention anything you want to talk about, and you have to talk about the legacy or expectation and sum that up in a, in a, in a way that, like, the game maker should be paying me to come up with this. Like, mm. <laughs> it's so hard. sort of liked writing for IGN because they have a rule mm. that makes that a little bit easier. That's like, really? I should know if you like or hate a game after reading the first paragraph. I like that. Mm. I yeah. like Because, yeah, I, I admit at times I will read the first and last paragraphs of game reviews. And depending on what I get out of those, that will determine if I read the rest of that review. Mm. The first paragraph in a game review would, would be the last thing I write. And the last paragraph would be the first thing I write. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, that, that is the money that's where you got to sum yeah. it all up yeah. like should you play that's not thing? always true but but like the meat of it i would usually write first but like the first paragraph yeah. like i fucking i feel like that 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 will embarrass the first paragraph of my game reviews will embarrass me for the rest of my life i know some uh, people will judge me but that's sometimes why like when Polygon or Kotaku tries to turn that on its head and be like, well, no, it's, we don't want you just to read the last paragraph. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm old. I don't have time for this. I'm mm-hmm. not going to read your novella about yeah. uh, the latest fucking oh, Mega Man game. the French sham games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to spend I'm going to the second consecutive week trying to go watch Citizen Kane after the show <laughs> while drunk and being two in the morning. Um, uh, so yeah, this oh. is this has been the conclusion of possibly our least informed new releases segment in a very long time. I apologize. I was I was doing most of my research on the top five. We're making up for last week. We played yeah. a lot of games last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. And I've true. never been informed of the new releases, so I, nothing changed for me. Fair quick, enough. Quick follow up to last week's new release segment. The only game out of all those that I am still playing regularly, Rogue Legacy Rogue Two. Legacy Take two. that for Same. what you will. Uh, anyway, let's move along. How do you know you have a printout if you don't have to rip off the sides of it? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The uh, the Nintendo Switch is uh, oh, yeah. it's a pretty popular console. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you guys say? Like, How a lot of people, popular is it? It is the fourth most popular console console in U.S. history. Boy, I don't mean to caveat oh, that so wow. much, but hey. We're a U.S.-based show, and uh, yeah, MPD came out with their figures. And so, if you're just counting consoles, uh, it is it is close behind uh, the PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, wow. and Nintendo Wii uh, have wow. have only sold more. Now, if you were to count handhelds, it is the sixth highest selling game. I mean, the Switch is a hybrid; it's a handheld and console, so we might as well count it. It's the sixth most popular behind. Nintendo, but all, DS all, all hands, and Game Boy. Ha- all Nintendo handhelds have been cheaper than the Switch, which has not received a price drop since it mm. launched in 2017. Oddly enough, you meant you mentioned price, so like, yeah, if you're just counting revenue from a console last year, actually mm. Xbox took home that title. Now hold on, Xbox fanboys, Sony fanboys, 
a lot of that's just because they had a two versions of their console and right. they were able to get more hardware yeah, you, out there you on gotta the market. you got to buy both of those versions. Otherwise, yeah, you sure. don't have a whole Xbox. You're not a real <laughs> Xbox fan, bitch. Can you really say you have the Xbox Series XS <laughs> if you don't have both? You make that joke, and yet you're probably the only guy I know who would actually do that, Michael. But I wouldn't. You're a gaming completionist. The, the Series S does not have a Blu-ray drive. That's the main reason that I would mm. own that. But the Series the Series S is the best and cheapest emulation machine that exists. Oh, really? Yes. You you would need a beefy PC to run PS2 games, and Xbox has removed most of the barriers to like putting this and that app up there. Like it, the X. I'm considering getting an S because it is a. Uh, I could throw that in one of my arcade machines and make the most high-performance arcade machine of all time. That's the one that you know people complain, hey, none of the new consoles are available. I see S at Costco S, every time S's I S's are go. available. S is always there. And they are the price, half the price of a modern video card. <laughs> so, like, yeah. so it, yes, it, you might want to pick one up, but, like, uh, I, I don't understand these numbers, but uh, the Switch has actually been available on shelves for... Over the last two years, whereas there has never, ever been a uh, PS5 or Xbox Series X or S on any retail shelf ever by design. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing. Like, uh, the newer consoles, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, they get all the headlines. But, like, secretly, Nintendo's been making most of that console money because they have hardware. And They, I mean, it they is- release things in Target and Walmart, whereas... Walmart and Target, since the beginning of the pandemic, is like, don't come here for this. We're not putting these on shelves. It's a six-year-old platform. That's yeah. what's kind of crazy Weird. to think of, like the Switch. But like, still selling like crazy out there. Still pretty relevant. Uh, but Nintendo's president was asked, like, hey, um, uh, it's, it's weird. Like, he's asked about this as they're announcing, like, we, we have one of the highest selling consoles of all time. And yet, you know, at these shareholder meetings, they're like, uh, so what are you doing to prepare for the next generation? He's probably looking around like, what do you mean? Like, we're still, these things are flying off yeah. the shelves still. Like, we don't yeah, need to prepare COVID really that extended much. the next generation by two years. We don't have to do that right now. But he had an answer, which was sort of a non-answer. But it, it kind of tells you how Nintendo thinks about this stuff. So his answer was like... Well, you know, we are preparing, looking back on our past experiences of generational change, such as from the Wii and the, to the Wii U and, and the Nintendo DS eras, we recognize that one of our tasks is ensuring the transition to future generations is as smooth as possible. And then he kind of goes on to talk about they're focusing on long-term relationships through things like account systems, which is so funny that, like, yes, Xbox and Sony <sighs> have known this for a few generations now. Oh, my like, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why I don't buy... Multi-platform releases digitally on Switch at full price. I will never, ever, ever do that. You, you can't, they still yeah, you don't can't have an count on me. being able to access those. Yeah, yeah, in future generations. It sounds, but but this quote would lead me to believe. Well, maybe, maybe in the future. I don't think so. Uh, it's it, it has to happen once before I believe it, and it's never True. happened once. It's never happened once. Didn't it happen for Wii Shop no. titles? You could play on Wii U. At, at best, you had to pay a dollar to upgrade. That's right. Your they Super Nintendo games. Your Super right. Nintendo games! Yeah. So, like, that's the thing is, like, yeah, he could talk about all this, but they don't need to put out a new p- platform yet. They're still selling like crazy out there. So go get your Switch. They will, because I don't know how your Switch is running. I, I, I instantly put a 256 gig um, SSD card in there. Uh, mine runs, like, 
absolute shit. It, it runs. It runs like a, like a like a nine year old laptop. My my switch. I okay. So I got. I didn't get the OLED upgrade, but when remember when Nintendo did a revision yes. of the Switch that and way improved the battery yes. life? Yeah. So I got one of the new versions to get the improved battery life. The new one I got has one of the fans inside is broken. I sent it in in Nintendo one time already, and they claimed to wow. fix it, and then I still hear it whenever I start that thing. It's like a almost a grinding noise. It's something, and I'm wondering if it's like, hey, with this revision of the hardware, did they switch to cheaper components inside? But like... And that's what's so bizarre about a portable that has like an NVIDIA card in it. Yes, yes. In a in a, in a fan slot that like it's a handheld, so it blows in your fucking face. <laughs> so if you have bangs, which I think none of our listeners do, maybe Michael <laughs> I can't imagine. I would venture that Donald Trump cannot play the Switch, or it would reveal his big secret on top of his head. His comb-over would be gone. It'd be like David Spade and fucking Tommy Boy, like, just blown yes. away by the like Switch. like he lost his marble in a turbo-powered car's exhaust I mean, we, we've seen that shit from behind. That was traumatizing. Stark, chalk-white, bald head revealed. Well, you realize how long his sideburns have to be to comb them back and over? That is the hilarious part. Like, just the image of him in the shower with sideburn jowls that hang down to his pudgy chest. Anyway. He's um, like an alien. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Nintendo, all right. They're they're doing fine with the Switch. Uh, Speaking of kind of shareholder meetings, Square went out there and they had to do their kind of annual earnings report or quarterly earnings report. Forget which. Made a dickload of money. We talked about recently, Square Enix just offloaded some big Western studios and some big Western IP at, let's just face it, bargain prices, right? Like really, really In, in, in a way expensive. that I, I find genuinely like weirdly offensive, even yeah. though like I'm not a huge fan of any of those properties, yeah. but like to let go of all of those Western properties and studios for what Tomb Raider the Cradle of Life made in the movie theater. Right, right. Uh, which is what they did. Yeah, $300 million $300 to million let go dollars. of Deus Ex, Thief, Tomb Raider, uh, all of the studios. Here's the thing. In typical Square fashion, uh, in their earnings report, they revealed as part of their strategy something that was probably maddening to a lot of players. Um, mm. They revealed that their medium-term business strategy is to boost game development capabilities by establishing new studios, mergers, and acquisitions. So those people who just offloaded a bunch of really good Western devs are out there saying, like, yeah, we want to acquire more devs and build more studios. Like, (laughs) reading between the lines, what this says to me is, like, they want to build more Japanese development studios or mergers. We want to hire more prisoners to stay in jail for 11 years (laughs) to make Final Fantasy sixteen. For me, it's uh, – I think it was Games Industry. I might have brought this up on the show. They did a great article that was basically saying like this was this was the sign of like Square Enix finally shedding this thing they had to do last generation where they bought up Western developers because they weren't sure if they could continue to make money off Japanese developed games like right. globally. They wanted and, to be a, and, and they wanted to be a global power right. and didn't really want to oversee global product. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a thing – it's it's hard to quantify, but I've seen it before. But I think the thing that has happened since then is they figured out like, well, actually, we can make our Japanese developed products yeah. global products. We have the right. capability of reaching people now. There is global interest. Like, we don't need to just rely on these Western developed games to reach Western markets. Mm-hmm. We will sell millions of JRPGs in the West if we just you know market them and reach the right people. Like, I think that's what they're realizing. And in, in, in fact, like. 
they can sell probably more than they're already selling now if they put out more product. Because that's the other thing we kind of complained about is like this is how often does Square like the eastern side of Square Enix actually release games? I, I think they're the, the the biggest third party studio that have released Switch exclusive games. Uh, and had any success in that area. Like Project Triangle Strategy. Octopath and... Traveler and shit like that. Like, there's no reason those shouldn't exist on other platforms, even fucking mobile. Mm-hmm. But they don't. And uh, if that's if that's working for them, I guess Godspeed. But, like, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like whatever... Just with that liquidation of all that great IP and talent, uh, development yeah. talent. So, so don't expect them... This isn't, like... Sony going out there to buy Bungie. Like Square Enix, is, it's not going to be that kind of acquisition. My guess will be it'll be smaller studios or they'll build up more development studios internally based they're gonna, on They're going to buy Vic Tokai and, and, and <laughs> make a new bump and jump. I hope. Could be. Perhaps. I can't think about Vic Tokai without remembering what the Vic stands for. What? Very important communications. Okay, I want to not do it, the show it was, anymore. It was spun off from a telephone company. I wish I was dead. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Me too. It's a terrible world we all. live in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many bad puns and acronyms. I didn't make that up. I believe you. It's a terrible wor- world, and that's why it's a good thing we have things like video game subscription services to help pass the time. Mm. And in fact, the is that a segue? Because I want to talk about something else. Please do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I want to talk about the new PlayStation Plus offer and the lineup and the the new and improved expanded PlayStation Plus. They finally came out there and revealed what some of the games would be that you were getting for the higher price tiers. Um, well, I'm going to ask you guys, which one do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the new stuff like PlayStation 4 and 5 games or do you want to start with the classics that they are including? Uh, always the classics. This is a very retro-focused show. So the classics, the retro ones, were leaked, actually. Here's some of the titles I'll throw out there. So uh, Tekken 2. Anyone down for a little Tekken 2? Not one. Not, I do not love three. that intro. Just two. <laughs> I'll pay five bucks just to watch that intro again. <laughs> we got not one but two Worms games. Thank God. We got Worms Armageddon and Worms World Party. You got Mr. Driller. These, these are your original Mr. PlayStation. Uh, you got... Ridge Racer 2 for PSP. Got to get that PSP version of Ridge Racer 2. And then, yeah, here's the thing. A lot of these games that they were touting as classics, they are lumping in all of the, like, PS4 remastered versions of those games and calling those the classics. So they're, like, labeling them like, oh, that is a PS3 release or a PS2 release, but it will be the actual, like, remaster that came out on PS4, which... I get it. That's actually probably the better version of the game you'd want to play, but like mm-hmm. that feels a little bait and switch to me. Like it's it's like oh, wait, that's not the classic version of that game. That's the remaster. That is. I, that's did, a I still think it's it's worse than what Nintendo. How Nintendo has trickled out its classic releases. Like the PS One is. I saw another article. Sony's creating a preservation society, and like every PS1 game is infinitely emulatable with a better frame rate, better resolution. What can you do? What yeah. can you do? What can you offer me that I can't download in 100 megabytes? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's not a selling point for me anymore. It really? So I, I feel like. The classic stuff is a little light. They did announce the premium tier, the PS4, PS5 stuff, but at least I think one of the things... Now, remember, 
you're only getting those classics at that highest price tier, which is like I think mm-hmm. it, that's the 150 a year one or something. Yeah, like, no thanks. They they came out and they do have a list though of the PS4 and PS5 games that are included, and that's for like I want to say the 120 dollar a year tier. Uh, but there's be there's better some good than, games than the here. PS5 PS Plus games. Th- that's 20 games. R A seven and God of War and Ratchet and Clank. Like, how could it, any of this be better? Than so here's here's there's what you do get access to. PS five games, pretty good. You got Demon Souls, uh, Destruction All Stars, which was a free PS plus game to begin with. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. You Beautiful. get there. You get uh, yeah. let's see, scrolling down a lot of PS four games and skipping over. Okay, so Guardians of the Galaxy PS five versions on there. Oh, what a Spider-Man. whore! What a whore! Here's a weird one. So you get Spider-Man Miles Morales that's on PS5. You only get the PS4 version of Spider-Man, not that upgrade remaster they Fuck did for PS5 me. with this. Um, let's see. You get Mortal Kombat 11 on PS5. That is an amazing game. Love that game. NBA tw- uh, 2K22. Sorry, I'm just scrolling down for PS5s here. The Artful Escape. There you go, Chris. Really maximizing hey. your PS5 power playing that Artful Escape. So that's all the PS5 exclusives that you get with that premium tier. A lot of PS4 games. A lot of PS4 games. The weirdest thing I thought about that is because given this period, and we've all been Game Pass subscribers for how long? Like two years? Yeah, something like that. And then, which has always included Microsoft first party horseshit, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, and then Sony is like, guess what? All the games we made and Michael, Matt, and Chris pay for over the last three years are now free. It's yeah. like, well, I can't personally get excited over this. Uh, I can see why other people might, but like, yeah. I don't fathom how to get excited over this because I have everything you just announced. Yep. Uh, through through you making me buy it that way for the last two years, or through Game Pass. Uh, it'll be interesting as it moves forward, but Sony is still. I believe not confirmed first party stuff is not included in any of the, the tiers. Oh, you know what? I was wrong earlier. They did announce. So there, first there was a leak of the classic games. So we have the mm. list of the classic games and it's like I was saying, a lot of them are, they are like the newer versions of those games. So here we go. So, uh, and a lot of these, what? they they're labeled PS4 cause they're the PS4 version. So you get ape escape and ape escape Two. you get art, the lad twilights of the spirits, Baja, Edge of Control, all the bangers. Uh, Bioshock Remastered Edition. So that's in their Classics Collection, even though that's the one that came out on PS4. Borderlands, the Handsome Collection. Again, a remastered collection. Bulletstorm, Full Clip Edition. So I think that's a PS3 game that they remastered on PS4, I believe. No, it's a PS4 game. Yeah. Uh, the original Bulletstorm? No, no, no. I think no, that's the PS3. Full Clip no, Edition is the one with Duke yeah. Nukem, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. That's the remastered version of the original Bulletstorm, which right. I think is a PS4 PS3 game. game. Mm-hmm. Dark Cloud and Dark Cloud 2. Uh, Fantavision, Hot Shots Golf, Hot Shots Tennis. <laughs> Fantavision, the best launch game for PS2 yes. 20 years the ago? fireworks game? I, and now, but this is labeled PS4 because, again, these are the versions that you can buy right now on PS4. Mm-hmm. IQ Intelligence Cube, Jack 3, Jack and Daxter, mm-hmm. Precursor Legacy, Jack 2, Jack X, a lot of Jack. Jumping Flash, there you go, original PlayStation Wonderful. game. Rabu. Kingdoms of Amalur, Re-Reckoning, that's that remaster of Kingdoms mm-hmm. of Amalur. Which I've downloaded three times and have never paid for Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Lego Harry Potter Collection, that's the one I already have. Mr. Driller, Rogue Galaxy, oh, that's Siren, 
Super Stardust Portable. Why the Portable Edition instead of just regular Super Stardust? I don't know. Could 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 the listeners out there make a sketch just for me where like Mr. Driller changes everything? <laughs> like, oh, Mr. Driller. No. Mr. Oh, oh, I was shit. about to quit my job and pawn my PS5, but then Mr. Driller was announced. Yeah, I think I think it was maybe my world. Jeremy Parrish who was like, you know, everybody is, you know, it's it's. 2000, everybody's eagerly awaiting Namco's next Dreamcast game to drop after being super impressed with Soul Calibur. And what do they get? Mr. Driller. Mr. Driller. I mean, it, it could be worse. You could be buying a Nintendo subscription plan where Mappy is the like the one game you get for two months. God damn. <laughs> uh, let's see. You also get Siphon Filter, Tekken 2, Wild Arms 3. I'm excited about Wild Arms 3. I've never played a Wild right. Arms game. And I, really? I, would, I would play that. Huh. Yep. Um, and then the, the Worms titles I previously mentioned. So... I don't know, man. Like, none of those were like, yes, yes, finally, we get this thing. In fact, a lot of those games were already on that PlayStation Classic that yeah. released a few years ago. Yeah. That, yeah. I am anxious slash excited to sign up for Sony subscription service, but there's nothing that makes me want to do that right now. And and, and having... It took, it took me a long time to learn how to emulate PS1 games properly. It's not... I guess easy and like you got to read about a bunch of stuff, but like it'll never look better on PS five than what it would look like on my PC. Like it just won't. Yeah. And it's not a selling point. It's not a fucking selling point. We said that about Nintendo games in the past. It's not a selling point. Uh, we can see these games better unofficially for nothing. I missed a biggie, though, that, Chris, you and I have been, like, wanting to get, but it's oh, never on sale for less than $50. Toma 2? Returnal is a PS5 game that Ooh. will be part of this. Oh, service, good. So. Well, dang. But, again, like, God of War is not included? <laughs> it is. No, God of War is included. I, oh, I didn't read off all the PS4 games. So, like, Bloodborne, God of War, like, oh, most great. of the bangers from PS4 are included in this. But, oh, honestly, nice. most of those were included as part of the PS Now that you've been ignoring for the past five years. Like, that's I the thing not. is, like... I just don't have the hard drive space for it on my 400 gig PS5. Fuck. This is very much what this is feeling to me. This is a repackaging of offer of the existing offers. They're just calling it by a different name. Because at, at first yeah. when they announced this, I think people like thought like, oh, they're going to create new ports of these classic games and stuff. And like based on these lists, I'm like, oh, no, most of these were available in some form already as either part of PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Now. And yeah, they're just they're just rebranding it. It's it's just it's like so yeah, weird as as, as GameRars, you want Sony to take an L here somehow. Like no no, give me something that makes you lose money. That's the only way I know I'm making <laughs> the benefit is here, and I don't see it yet. Whereas Microsoft, when they announced it, I'm like why would you do this? Who asked right. you to make this this crazy? <laughs> That's the thing is. Compared to Game Pass, this will never be as popular because Sony is saying, like, we will not do first-party games day and date no, no. release. Like, that's... It will be. It will definitely be. But I'm just not, like, a Sony fanboy. I don't give a shit yet. But the, they, they're they only doing this because they were forced to compete. And they will do this. You think they're going to change strategy and actually yes. have, like, day one releases of yes. first-party titles on this? Yes. I think, uh... I think, I think after, because, like... Hmm. Other than Halo, it doesn't look like Microsoft very invested very heavily in first-party titles where Sony has, and I think up until this very moment. It might take three years to show, uh, but 
yeah, I don't I don't think Microsoft gives a fuck about first party anymore. I think they they invested. In fact, they I think their stock took a little hit. Like Phil Spencer had to go out and apologize because two of their big first party releases and it's first party via Bethesda, however they're going to mm. eventually call that, uh, right. got pushed. So Starfield got pushed and Redfall right. got pushed into next year. But um, what, did, what did Xbox Series X launch with compared to what PlayStation launched? With, oh no, which is, no which you're, is like you're absolutely bona fide right. exclusives, hardware pushing shit that gets consoles off the shelves. Microsoft didn't care. Didn't didn't do any of that, and they didn't. I mean, they had Game Pass. We talked about like their yeah. big exclusive at launch was Game Pass, and eventually yeah. games rolled in like Psychonauts two that were yeah. like finally we're getting some amazing games for these new but, consoles. But that's never a game, game that's going to get consoles off the shelves. Whereas right. Sony yeah, not a system is like we got a Ratchet and Clank and Returnal and Demon Souls and Spider Man. Like those are things that get consoles off the shelves. Yeah, I can understand they don't want to give them away because they're massive investments to move consoles to get more licensing fees. Whereas yep. Microsoft is playing a different game, and yeah, Sony's yeah, going to have to play along whether they like it or not because like Microsoft already ruined it for everyone. Yeah, I, I don't think they do like it. I think they're resistant to that. Like, no, we yeah, so we invest all this money into to AAA first party games. Why would yeah. we give them away with a subscription fee? They've they've gone on record several times having said mm-hmm. that. Now that's why I. I I think it's going to take a lot for them to change on that strategy. Uh, but you know what might help? They got a version of Ubisoft Plus coming to this uh, PlayStation hey. Plus thing or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, Ubisoft Plus, by the way, has been only PC and Xbox exclusive. Like the service. This is the Ubisoft subscription service where you get access to a bunch of Ubisoft titles for paying them some money. That service as a whole is now coming to PlayStation as well. So that's one thing. Mm. But then like a subsection of the games from that service, uh, which they're calling Ubisoft Plus Classics, uh, will be included in that PlayStation Plus, the extra and the premium tier. So the ones you have to spend a little bit more money. This is very reminiscent of um, EA Play. I get access to EA Play because I'm a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber. Like, uh, So I... I get I can those play EA FIFA 2011 default. anytime I fucking want. Don't <laughs> no, even talk to EA me. EA Play stuff, to be fair, like, it's about six months after launch of the game, that shit will appear on EA Play. Like, it's not bad. Like when I've never downloaded an EA Play game in the history of my Game Pass. Um, You're not, like, a big sports gamer, so maybe... No. <laughs> like, like, if, if no. you are, like, that's a great way to play. I love uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order and Mass Effect, but I already own those games, so I've never had the luxury... So, yeah, I mean, this is this is a great value add, I think, for PlayStation Plus as a service to say, like, yeah, we're going to get part of the Ubisoft Plus offering. I wonder if mm. there will be some big Uber tier that just includes the full Ubi Plus with the full PlayStation Plus. There's a lot of plussing. There's a lot of plussing yeah, going on. Lots of pluses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's plus, all plus. a big plus. Yeah. George all... Orwell was right. <laughs> <laughs> Double plus. Good. Double plus. Yes. Uh, and then last bit of news for all you Silent Hill fans out there, uh, your prayers of the last, what, 10 plus years might be answered because mm-hmm. there's a lot of Silent Hill news. It's, it's fucking totally Konami, right? Like, okay, we're not going to release anything Silent Hill for 10 years, and now let's release yeah. all the Silent well, this Hill. This has been rumored for a while. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Bloober Team is supposedly working on one. They, they officially have no comment. Yes, but of course. That that is not a new rumor. Like we were hearing about that months ago, and I think if you if you played the medium, it feels like an audition tape for Silent Hill. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot of very Silent Hill ideas in that game. So you're telling me Konami's going to release a non-soccer game this year? 
Possibly. But no, uh, yeah, Bloober Team. That's the team behind, uh, yeah, the Medium and the um, Layers of Fear games, yep, right? Yep. The ones with the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are allegedly working on a remake to Silent Hill 2. Okay, mm-hmm. so I guess if that if you're going to remake them, good, is that... a good place to start with the best okay. one. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Now, I don't have a ton of experience with that franchise, so I don't know where where it's considered to be good. I don't know if the original, the yeah, two... Yeah, that, that is the one to remake. I think that yeah. is the one to play... Uh, I've heard very bad things about the HD remake of that because they changed a bunch of the voices, but okay. uh, the the original is still amazing. I mean, that, that's where Silent Hill became Silent Hill. Yes, it found its okay. Yeah. Okay, then um, um, allegedly as part of that remake, there's going to be some reworked puzzles, possibly some new endings, so you get a dog and a cat ending. I don't know. Hey. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, that is something Bloober Team is most likely working on. And then the last rumor I read about this was that they were selling this IP to Kojima Productions, which I was like, that, that one I don't believe. That one, it'll never happen. And having worked a Japanese company, they will never do that. Yeah, they will I was going to say that does suffer. that does not sound like a Japanese company move. No. They will hold that shit out of no. spite. No, there is not way too much but, bad blood. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand where Metal Gear goes without Kojima and why you would even hold on to that property. Mm-hmm. If anything, you should work together I with mean, Kojima. You could easily make more Metal Gear. It just it wouldn't so? be Kojima's Metal Gear. Um, yeah. Someone someone said, like, just hire other crazy-ass creators to do it, like Yoko Taro's Metal Gear. Like, yes, I, I want to okay, see sure. that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you gave Platinum that Metal Gear spinoff, and that game was pretty fucking good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. But uh, survived not so much. I'm just saying, like, I don't think you, I don't really think you want to see that game that game series rebooted. They have to start talking to Kojima at some point. And, and like, and if they fired Maybe. him, they probably fired a bunch of other developers. But, so they need another development team to help out with the game. You're I talking mean, Metal Gear or Silent Hill series? Metal Gear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here, the thing with Metal Gear is, I think because it's almost always had. Kojima that we mm-hmm. it's hard to separate these two in our heads but if you think about it in terms of AAA game development creative directors change all the time sure. all the AAA time. series yeah, yeah. yeah. like they, 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 there is no reason they couldn't make a good Metal Gear with someone else it just wouldn't be Kojima's I would only disagree because like I've never seen the auteur theory work in games more than it does in Kojima's Metal Gear Hmm. Who the fuck else is going to do this? Let's just say this. I'm sure at the time there were some people saying, you can't do God of War without David Jaffe. That'd be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, oh, not only did you do it, you did the best God of War without yeah, but, David uh, Jaffe. Apologies, Metal Gear fans. 30 to 60% of those games are egregiously bad and always have been. <laughs> and we get we let Ooh. Kojima get away with it. They're awful! They really are. And then they have this surprising element that no game has ever done before and blows your mind. But there's a ton of awful shit in a Metal Gear game that I don't think any other company would attempt. Um, It wouldn't be authentic. It just wouldn't. So real quick, to to bring it back to Silent Hills, I I think part part of the reason I don't think Kojima will ever get it is like, the fact that we knew about that falling out as it was happening tells you how bad mm-hmm. that shit was and how bad yeah. that blood is between Kojima and Konami. It's like, it, 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 like, that's not typically how the game industry has worked. 
It's, it really isn't. Any, yeah, anything. I should say that anything in the games industry to get out that publicly Something is very in, rare. In a Japanese workplace, they don't run to the press. It's it's not typically what happens. We mm-hmm. Americans do that. It's not what Japanese do. And we knew dynamically what was happening with Metal Gear. Actually, I think it took like a month or two for us to, to learn yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. It, there was a little bit of time there. Yeah, didn't Yuji Naka also speak out recently? Because it's like, okay, my recently my, about a thing, a game that was released one year ago. Yeah, his in, his. In, <laughs> NDA expired, and he said, "Like I got to set the record straight because they're trying to make me look bad." Yep. So uh, other other parts of this leak, there is allegedly an all new original Silent Hill game uh, hmm. being worked on. There's also an episodic series that at one point the Until Dawn Studios Supermassive might have been attached to or pitching, but now they've gone off, and, and that might have that might become what Dark Pictures is now, like that anthology series they they have worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Annapurna Interactive is being discussed as attached to these projects, which, okay. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, there's there's a lot of talk about Silent Hill stuff out there. I'm just sort of like, I'll believe it when there's an official announcement and yep. something to look at. I think the reason this, this came up again, though, uh, Konami did it like a DMCA takedown on mm-hmm. someone's images on Twitter. Oh, like, some, someone posted some leaked images, and they were like, take those down. And that's like... I love that as, as proof, like... Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, shit, I can't. I confirmation? Can't Not confirmation, but like uh, unobtrusive com- confirmation. Like, oh, this definitely exists. Because like they didn't take down DeviantArt. Right. But, like, <laughs> so like if, they, if they're taking down this thing on YouTube, oh boy, that means it's a real thing. Right. Which... Now that you mentioned, I'm sure Silent Hill Deviant Art exists, and I am sure I don't want to see it. <laughs> like, you don't want to see the way your asshole spreads when the pyramid head stuck in it, <laughs> or the way his asshole spreads. Who knows? It's Deviant Art. Anything can he happen. He doesn't have an asshole. What? Why wouldn't that say something so stupid on a show? What that shape pyramid would his head as an be? asshole? What it's in the shape of a pentagram. It's a chocolate starfish. <laughs> he doesn't have an asshole. He shits at the top of his. It had like a blowhole. <laughs> so the, the shit just sprays out like yes. a streamer from from right. the top of his head. You haven't read any of the lore. You guys suck. It's like the Masonic symbol. There's an eyeball in that pyramid, and that's what it shits out of the, mm-hmm. the pupil yes. of the eyeball. Yeah, I, I skipped uh, Silent Hill novelizations two through seven. I'm sorry. It's at the bo- bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> um, it, it's it's the secret star in Mario 64. Mm-hmm. Quick confession, right. Pyramid Head to me has always reminded me of that part of Beetlejuice where they stretch their heads out really long yes. to scare the, the tenants of the house. Like, yeah, I love yeah. it. That's what Gina Davis thought to do that would scare Hell, everybody. Yeah. Uh, that is all the news that's fit to play. Oh, God. Uh, well, moving on to the question of the week. Uh, as you might remember, last week's question of the week uh, assuming it's not the Dead Space remake, what defunct EA IP do you want to be the big remake for next year? Every answer that's not Mutant League is wrong. Mm-hmm. On com, E. Hyundai said, It seems extremely unlikely, but I hope it's an SSX game. If mm. anything, it would probably be tricky, as that's arguably the most beloved, but I personally would like to see a remake of SSX 3. Having played the game recently in HD, thanks to emulation... It still looks great, and the gameplay yeah. will hold up forever. Forever. The only thing that dates SSX3 is the mildly obnoxious soundtrack brought to you by DJ Atomica, of course, and the overall cringy 2000s tude. I talk shit on the I soundtrack. I don't have to snowboard without yellow cards, so I don't know what he's <laughs> talking about. 
I talk shit on the soundtrack, but bombing down an alpine racetrack and punching the competition when they try to pass, all set to jerk it out by Caesar's Palace, will never not be fun. On tour would be pretty fun too, especially if they release it on Switch with the playable Mario characters. Uh, Michael, I think some OCD listeners and myself will thank me when I say, and now moving on to the community segment, which as always is segmenting our community. Oh, if you don't get that in there, yes. I'm going to go insane. Fair enough. Oh, I didn't care at all. <laughs> I was ready to talk about games. And SSX3 is like is underrated. I think SSX Tricky has the best steaming, but the like the biggest thing that was pissing people off about SSX was load times. Mm. And it wasn't just that you could you could uh, shred the whole mountain in SSX3. It's like you didn't have to constantly reload stuff. It was a really good experience. So, like, I see what he's sa- I see what Ehondai is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love Tricky though. Like, no game simultaneously made me fall in love with and hate a song as much as Tricky did. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like I had not heard that song until SSX Tricky. Really? Real. Really? No. Wow. Never. It's Never. like he didn't live through the eighties at all. Not even that part of Road Trip where they're in the frat house dancing to that song. Like, come on, man. I'm really looking at my brain right now. You mean the Tom Green movie? DJ Qualls is yeah, dancing yeah. to that song. I think SSX came out before that. So I, I think it did. So, yeah, I think it did too. So no, I had, no, I had not I had not heard that. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, not tricky. Sorry. He, hmm. I don't want to get, get into Wiki Par. As a, it was two months before. Look, a man Every riding, a woman moves. riding a motorbike says syndicate, but make it good this time. How dare you? How fucking dare you? Syndicate was it's, fine. It's weird. It's it's yeah. one of those those times I remember like uh, talking to our friends at official Xbox magazine and like Syndicate is on the cover. And and like, whoa, this is so cool. We got the Syndicate reveal and, and we were talking about it and I was like, hey, I know a ton about games. I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, I, I I've never played Syndicate, so like, why is this in the cover of OXM? Like, uh, I didn't say anything like that. It's just like, what? You think people don't know what Syndicate? I'm like, no, I don't know what Syndicate is. I, mean, I I loved the original Syndicate. It was a Peter Molyneux Bullfrog game where you mm-hmm. play. It was like a cyberpunk thing where you're in charge of a sinister corporation, and you have your team of corporate hitmen who go out and kill people and have cybernetic enhancements, and you could kidnap people and turn them into more uh, cybernetic hitmen. Uh, it was pretty cool. And then they made a, a story-driven shooter out of it, which was, mm. for some reason, a trend in the late 2000s. I remember they did that thing with... Uh, remember XCOM when... Before they yes, revealed yes, the remake yes. of XCOM that everyone yes. loves... They yes. showed off a shooter that was later known as XCOM The Bureau. Yes. And it's like, everybody oh, was like, what the, the fuck is this? Nobody liked, yes, nobody yeah. liked The Bureau. But but people liked it better once they realized, okay, we're getting a real XCOM alongside it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, yet in The Bureau, you would have 90% chance of hitting a guy and still miss. What the mm-hmm. fuck, XCOM? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? But uh, but that that's basically what Syndicate was. It's like no, we're just going to do this Deus Ex kind of shooter, and it's like I, I it thought was it was like a bizarre, seven out of ten. And, and, and people treated me like I was insane. Like, dude, I, I I'm working in the games industry. I've never heard of this fucking game, and it's on your cover. Mm. Like, do you really think this is going to move anything? Like, I, I it was it was a very weird. Anyway, Colin O'Hara says Star Wars Squad Squadrons. Uh, what too soon? Uh, really yeah, thought. Wait, too soon. 
it should be uh, Star Wars Battlefront. The original uh, was uh, such a damn great arcade blast where it was uh, just you as a soldier or in a vehicle and you could just bring back the recent iteration, uh, the most recent iteration, uh, which is all about earning points to play as a character in vehicles in, which were very, barely impactful. Bring back the simple joy being TK1138. Reference to George Lucas's first movie. I'm the first person to ever tell you that. Uh, just trying, uh, just just trying to shoot accurate accurately for a stormtrooper, without having to worry about getting sliced in half by a Jedi. Yeah, I, um, I did like that first Battlefront. That was a lot of fun. I, I love the first two two Battlefronts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My only like I I still I played Star Wars Squadrons recently. The only issue I have with it is like it really nerfs what it is to be a pilot to put it in VR and make it fun. <laughs> Just, mm. just, just like, well, obviously Luke could slow this to one. You look like a mosquito, flying, flying out in the middle of nowhere. But like, it's space. Like, if I'm flying at that at light speed at something and I don't stop myself in some way, never mind. Never I mind. like I'm squadrons. Quite a bit. To me, yeah. squadrons harken back to things that like. Ace only Ace Combat still does, which is like yeah, just a fucking flight centric combat. Yeah, or or, or or XCOM or uh, something like that. Like it's where Star Wars games became good. Um, you mean X Wing? You said XCOM. X- mm. No, no, I meant XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> Don't correct me, man. Flying around again. in my XCOM fighters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, uh, and gotta yes. get to the bureau on time. Mm-hmm. Flying around in my Y cello. Don't correct me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. Sorry, that's Michael's job to correct us. Both. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's THX 1138. Just that, Thank you. I was thinking it I too. I know what it. it is, but that's what the reference is. I know. I know. Yes, yes. Uh, the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Jesse Moore, says, I know there was a spiritual successor thing fairly recently, but heck, let's get a new road rash. I love road rash. Get those burnout people to work yes. on even. Yes, Maybe criterion. have like a big open world type thing like Forza and you can just drive around causing trouble and racing or whatever motorcycle riding no good nicks do. <laughs> or how about Thrill Kill? Yes, to both of those. Don't throw that at the end, Jesse Moore. We can't spend it. I like no. that, that insult. No good nick. It reminds me of when someone used one in front of me the other day. I'm like, God, I love that word. Degenerate? Mm-hmm. I love the word degenerate because it says yeah. so much about a person and it also implies the opposite... Does that mean there are generates out there yes. to be a gener- degenerate? <laughs> uh, I do. I do like the idea of open world Forza style road rash. Just yes. go around as a biker, just causing mayhem. Me too. I have. I've, my earliest form of fun was was road rash. It, it, it's something I've never been able to recreate. No spiritual successor or anything like that. EA has abandoned it. Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting for yeah. sure. The combat is the key part to Road Rash. So, so like, yeah, put in open right. world, motorcycle combat, jousting. Can you imagine jousting on motorcycles, just full speed kicking each other? To... You know what? We don't talk about it enough because we all love Forza Horizon 5, right? Yes. And the biggest hang up in that game is driving to and from events, with their, which they're like, you don't have to do anymore. I'm like, well, this is my character. And, like, the game doesn't really make any sense unless... I'm being character. So if I had a pipe I could hit people with on the way to events, <laughs> yeah, that would make points. way more sure. sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Thrill Kill is just, I remember that was developed by Virgin and then sold to EA, which immediately killed it because no, this is too sinful. And really, it's just kind of a bad game. 
silly. <laughs> I cannot believe how old we are that we can look back on like things that were super controversial. And, like, yeah. man, that would not make a blip now. No, nobody would care. It's just like, oh, it's that that gothy fighting game with the cattle prod. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Do you guys remember the Carmageddon game that came out like five years ago? Yeah. No. Well, no, no. The well, Carmageddon one. That, that's two? my point. Very few people remember it, but it, like yeah, right. the original Carmageddon, huge controversies. Like, how dare oh, yeah. you put this in what? a video game? I saw that game in Kencha Hall. They wow. were showing it in Kencha Hall a few years ago. That's that's how far the mighty had fallen with the, with the Carmageddon franchise. Even like Republican centers, like I get it. You can do whatever you want in a video game. Well, but not now. You? Now Fox News is blaming video games for violence again. Of course. Well, I, I was doing my best Ted Cruz to say, oh. shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> Never vote for a Republican for any reason ever again. John Harrington says, uh, hey, an answer I had last week. Def Jam, Fight for New York remake. And yes, I mean yeah. on the scale of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Damn. The opening to the story mode where your character rescues D-Mob and goes back to Method Man's apartment should take at least two hours. Mm-hmm. Gotta have a full-scale NYC to explore and get an underground fights in. A fleshed-out, well-acted love triangle with Kimura and Little Kim reprising their roles. And why not Snoop Dogg in Sephiroth armor? A shockingly low number of the artists featured in the original have died. So while we're at it, record some new cutscenes, throw in some branching paths and alternate endings. If you have to update the roster at all, which you don't, only add rappers from before the original game. Make it online with rollback netcode, and you got a Smash Bros. killer. I think they should import the idea of like those Dementors from Final Fantasy VII Remake that tried to keep what? the timeline from changing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're not supposed to fight Crow now. Right. No, Method Man <laughs> must remain poor. I want Red Man to live in this one-bedroom apartment. Uh, again, like every, I love every time gamers interview people in Def Jam Five for New York. They're like, I'd love to see the game come back. And like, would you? Why don't you lower your licensing fee for the music and your yeah. likeness? Because it would. It might come back, but it never will because it is a fucking rights nightmare. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It was a surprise that it even happened to begin yeah. with. And if it came happens... back, you would be upset because, you know, fucking uh, only DNF's, DMX's left toe is in this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, like, like it, 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 it wouldn't work. It, like, it's just stuck in time. Steal it. Buy it. You'll be happy with your fucking Snoop Dogs and Call of Duty and you'll like it, alright? Just that's mm. all you're gonna get for now. Sad. From Twitter, Conipton Conipton Fit says uh, Nintendo would bring back Wii Sports, uh then EA's best Wii uh, game, supposedly from Steven Spielberg. Boom blocks deserves another chance. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it was very good. Uh it was actually a super fun motion based party game that remixed the basic idea of Jenga. Uh, with new physics engines, it could be a blast. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's there's not enough physics-based franchise, things that are dependent on tech. And I can see why that is. But It's, uh, it's really this and Dead or Alive. Those are the two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great example. <laughs> it really is. Because, like, uh, like, please do yourself a favor and YouTube all the Dead or Alive American commercials. What were they talking about? <laughs> 
physics, I won't tell you I what mean, kind. I mean, there was a cheat, quote-unquote, in the game. The older you set your age, and why is the game asking me my age? Because the older you set it, the more the jiggle physics on the boobs worked. That was a oh! literal thing in those games. I love my titties jiggling around like a fucking spit drop in space. <laughs> what the fuck? She kicks high. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm gonna guess this name is uh, Beef Kr Ten Z and not Beef Fucker Ten Z, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I says, I'd love to see a new entry in the Desert Strike series. It's like about time we had a chance to teach the not at all racist protagonist General Kilbaba not to mess with the West. It was a, it just. The straightforwardness of games back in the day, your 1943s and your mm. Desert Strike, uh, you're a helicopter shoot stuff. I'm like, I understand this. Yes. yes. I'm having I, I do appreciate that General Kilbaba, and I think he's the antagonist, uh, he looks a bit like John Goodman in this picture he included here. So, uh, like Kinda a John does. Goodman. With, like, uh, Everybody does with a Genesis ratio. Yeah. <laughs> he, he actually looks like a bearded developer who just put on a hat. <laughs> Could be that, too. Could be that, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we have a video response from Full Install, who says... Hey guys, it's Tom here from Full Install over on the YouTubes. So one franchise I'd like to see make a return, but in the spirit of its old games, is the Strike series. You know, Jungle Strike, Desert ah, Strike, there we go. Urban Strike. I think there was a Nuclear Strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, not tempting fate with that one. Um, Naughty Russia. And I think there was a few more, but... <laughs> I don't know about for you guys, but when I was little... Helicopters were just badass. You know, every movie had a helicopter. That helicopter always exploded. You got TV shows like Airwolf. I think there was another one called Blue Thunder, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. And, you know, games like the Strike series and things like Firestorm and Thunderhawk 2. Just amazingly fun. And then all of a sudden, helicopters became boring. And this is what happened to so many different games, is that when, you know, computing hardware got more advanced, things started becoming simulators. All sports games became realistic simulators of real teams. Racing games became boring. You know, a helicopter just became a vehicle that you get in something like Battlefield. I don't want that. I want stupid arcade fun. I want to pilot an attack helicopter that can strafe unrealistically and blow up everything in sight and take a thousand bullets. That's what I want. That's what I want to return to. But um, I don't think that's what we're going to get. I think, if anything, they're going to resurrect SSX Tricky. Because I've seen people, you know, making mention of that a lot around the internet. And it kind of makes sense with the uh, popularity of the Tony Hawks kind of reboot but what I think will happen is it'll be a, a remake of SSX Tricky everyone will get super excited and no one will fucking buy it alright cheers guys uh, catch you next time or did it for free on Game Pass I, but he's correct because um, I think I'm the only one who's flown a plane in the last year on the show mm. yes yeah I think that's safe to say uh, it was hard and weird and I've heard getting in a helicopter is like that will scare you forever if you steer a helicopter. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's 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 super hard. Su- like like, it could still fly with no power. It's unlike planes. It's very very strange. And but you realize how fragile fragile you are in the air. It, whereas like when we were little kids, we thought helicopters like you don't fuck around with Airwolf. No, <laughs> don't fuck around with Airwolf. He will kill your whole family if you insult him at a bar. It's true. It's true. So, new question of the week. Since we did the, you know, Saturday morning kids cartoon uh, top five games, 
Uh, th- that was a very subjective list. And we want to give you a chance to tell us what we missed out on. So what was your favorite game based on a kid's cartoon that you either remember in childhood or that you played as an adult? I don't care. If it's one that you think, you know, especially if it's based on television, uh, what, what's what's your favorite game based on a an animated TV show? Uh, for me, I think of, of the ones that we didn't include on the list, one that I kind of wanted to get in was the real Ghostbusters arcade. Oh, fuck that game. Even even though it technically was like a Japanese a Kari Warriors game that just got adapted to the U.S. market with like you know the proton streams and ghost trapping mechanics. I don't know. It was it was a fun top down shooter. Uh, you could shoot ghosts with like regular shots, and then then you would like break them out of their corporeal trappings and and trap them with the neutron beam. It was it was pretty cool. I liked it. But someone else. I'm inspired by my shirt, which is Rocco's Modern Life, mm. um, which I've, I've I've always loved the design of Rocco's Modern Life because it was like the first like it was like Surfer Doctor Seuss. I loved the way it looked, and the first episode of Rocco's Modern Life involves him getting fired from his job and trying out other jobs, including including being a phone sex operator. And a guy who picks up the pants of a plumber whose ass crack keeps showing. Hmm. But if, if, if that's Rocco's lot in life, just make that a minigame thing, like a surprising WarioWare, like, this is your new job. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. Yeah, but <laughs> but did you have a, an existing game that you thought should have been included? No. I don't even know what the question is now. <laughs> it's... Uh, Oh, the, the Transformer, one, like one of the Transformers uh, Activision games, for oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, more for Cybertron, that was pretty good. Yeah, um, Devastation was yeah. the other big one. I was, right? was going to say, there was a Rocco's Modern Life game. I, I played it. It sucks. In pre- it, it does kind of suck. It's it's mm. basically like, it's called Spanky's Dangerous Day, and Rocco's dog has just Spunky. wandered off in your... Spunky's Dangerous Day, mm. sorry. Rocco's dog has wandered off, and you're just trying to clear a path for him through various hazards. You're blast-coring Spunky, the yep. fucking dog destined for death. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to cheat, Michael. Now, to us, we talked about these were Saturday morning cartoons, even though they uh-huh. weren't originally. Uh, Looney Tunes Space Race is an amazing kart racer that I played on the Dreamcast that is... Um, uh, definitely one of the better, one of the best Looney Tunes games ever created, but also just a really good kart racer. Like the, the attacks against the other guys are very Looney Tunes in nature. Like think of like the retractable boxing glove to punch people off mm-hmm. their carts and stuff like that. Um, and it had great cell shading, looked like a Looney Tunes cartoon come to life. Uh, actually, I, I sold my old Dreamcast games a few years ago just to kind of clean out stuff and like I got a pretty penny for that game. So I think I think amongst collectors like it's still highly regarded and like, you know, I, I got more than I thought I would for for that game. Especially considering I bought everything on my Dreamcast in like a fire sale, <laughs> like honestly. Like. I should say and, and this the, the the history is convoluted. Um I bought Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers 2 and Duck DuckTales 2 before I knew they were rare. Just because I cared. Oh wow! Um, they're they're now with Adam over at Paducan, and I don't know how that happened. My friend sold it to him. Um, we'll discuss that on some other show at some point. But uh, Paducan, Adam, uh, Adam, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pass Blaster. He owns all my old NES games, including hmm. the super rare one. How'd that happen? 
I told my buddy to hold on to them until he couldn't, and then he sold them to his friend, and then huh. introduced me to his friend, and I became friends with the guy he sold me his things to. Because I left him games for ten years. What would Never you trust do? your buddies. That's the moral. Ten story. years? You can't leave garbage with your friend for ten years. <laughs> True. I'm not mad I'm not mad at anybody. If I want to visit my NES games, I go to Adam's house. And it's just like I'm glad you haven't displayed well. I don't care. Like, oh boy, I'm out five hundred dollars. Like that wouldn't fucking pay my fucking mortgage. It just <laughs> it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Glad you're enjoying them. So what is your favorite game based on TV animation? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com, answer into the comments for episode 472. Alternately, you can visit us on the official LaserTime community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or you can ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and uh, we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, Jeremy, uh, you you haven't been with us for this segment, but thank you again for joining us once more. Uh, where can people find you? You can find Film Heat anywhere you find podcasts. We're on all the apps. We have an RSS feed. We do a weekly live show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Film Heat. Come on out and join the chat. That's our preferred way of doing it because you can interact with us. We have a poll for each heat, each contention. And uh, you can cast your vote for for each movie. So we're doing Johnny Depp this week. Um, We've got a huge backlog you can listen to. And they're long episodes, but they're they're fun hangout. So I'm I'm dying to do it. But yeah, I'm trying to come do it. It's going to it's going to be so I'm not going to insert myself when someone is sick. And if or you want to do like something I'm an expert in. Or super, I really want to do it though because I thought this is such a good idea. Remember the Video Game Apocalypse episode where he had to argue the order of the best games of all time? That's what Film Heat is every week. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. So yeah, we're gonna have Chris come on real soon. I think actually maybe on the twenty eighth if you're if you're free because I know we got a we got a man out that weekend. So hey, I'm in. That's a Saturday and no one's yes, dating me. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm dating you that night so hell yes nice. <laughs> all right well thank you again for coming on jeremy it's been been a lot of fun thank you so much for having me it's been a blast chris what else have we got oh 30 20 10 this week is a, a, a bizarre overlap of what has been mentioned here on uh video game apocalypse uh wacky races on an es is 30 years old and we have a big, giant conversation on David Fincher's directorial debut, Alien 3, which is the first Alien movie I was old enough to see. So I don't hate it. Uh, I understand its flaws. Uh, it's a very weird conversation. And then and then uh, Christopher Nolan's second movie? Do you remember what that is, Michael? Uh, no, I don't. What is yeah. it? Uh, remember he made Memento? Mm-hmm. Do you remember he made uh, uh, Batman Begins? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he made in the middle? No. <laughs> well, he made a thing, and it starred Al Pacino and Robin Williams, and it's totally been forgotten, but it's excellent. So is Men in Black 3. Oh. Uh, and then we have a bunch of stuff on Patreon.com slash LaserTime. Uh, we have a bunch of 302010 um, 
extra shows coming up on patreon.com slash laser time and, and including the return of bonus time and uh jeremy i, I really want to do more sick of star wars because i am i've never been more sick of star wars hmm. <laughs> like this period without star wars i'm like man this feels so good yeah, well, Star Wars was pretty good for a while, and then A Book of Boba Fett made it kind of, yeah, it's okay. But, yeah, and the, the second the internet told Twitter it wasn't good enough, they changed the show to be The Mandalorian Season mm-hmm. 3.0. I, I, I don't zero. think they could have changed it I don't either, quickly. but it doesn't make any sense to divert two episodes, the two it's a big fraction that becomes the Mandalorian at the end of the Book of Boba Fett. It abandons its character. Kind of, I should yeah. probably watch the second half of the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> it's it's fucking crazy. crazy. That's supposed it's to be crazy. the good part. Yeah, that's where it gets That's good. what TV will look like now. Because like before, when like a TV fucked up, it would take like months for executives to be like, this deserves a change. And I think I, I think the Mandalorian, or sorry, Book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett Season 1 that's change in real time. Mm. Like no one gives a fuck about Boba Fett. <laughs> like, right. mm. uh, but, so let's focus on Mandalorian, and those are the best episodes. I, I think it was all just a ploy to like, you know what? Boba Fett toys sell out way too fast. We need to make him uncool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't understand because like the end of Mandalorian season two spoiler like. Me and Grogu gonna go our separate ways for a little while, and that resolves in the middle of <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. Why? Like, why is this being resolved here? Why are you back together in the Book of Boba Fett? This does remind me a bit of like this. This kind of shit George Lucas used to pull. Like, if fans loved a character too much that he didn't care about, like he would yeah. just like write them terribly, or, or yeah. like. Like yeah, Bo- just, Boba Fett dying within like seconds on, in the third movie is a great I'll example. I'll just kill him and adopt another kid. Try and yeah. try and come at me. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's like is is he back there uh, giving notes, George? You giving notes? What's going on here, buddy? It seems vindictive and is insane. Um, Book of Boba Fett sort of sucked until it became The Mandalorian season three point one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Matty C. Allen. I don't have anything else to plug as per usual, but um, uh, patreon.com slash laser time is always worth your time. So check it out. Yeah. A bunch of existing content over there. Uh, hours and hours of existing yeah. content. It's Tons like of movie commentaries years. and all kinds of stuff. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, well, as always, you can visit us online again at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. And follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. dope hat like just make a good impression hmm. that's a good idea maybe i could roll it down my my arm like fred astaire but drop Hell it yeah <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> into the wheels no, in no. the wheelchair next to me. And... I think Matt would agree with me. A hat with a cape of some yes, kind. Yes, yes. Yeah, it needs it needs preferable. the flaps mm-hmm. to cover your neck. You never know when your neck's gonna get too much sun, Michael. <laughs> I wanted to look like my hat has a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> that's my my favorite part of that sketch is it's like on the court record how everyone yeah, so <laughs> that looks stupid. Does he have dice in his pocket? <laughs> like, uh, he throws the dice so on the good. floor and the guy like kicks him over and he's like leave it, leave it. <laughs> that, that show is almost a thorough dissection of Blues Brother fandom. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs>